Welcome again to Pandora's Box, everybody. Welcome We've had a good weekend. Week? Weekend? Week? Mm. Well, yeah. It's, 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 week mon- weekend. it's Monday, isn't it? So I hope you did have a good weekend, actually. Yay. Bullwinkle was just telling us about how mm. um, when he runs continuously, he gets an earache. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I don't know if it's just when it's cold, mm. because I, d- I don't know if it's like the cold get into my ears or something, mm. but it's mm. the one thing that I thought I used to wear a beanie whenever I would run, mm. just just to keep my ears warm. Ear muffs. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> because they would like get really freezing cold whenever I'd be running, and then it would just like affect my whole head, yeah. and it'd be like hot. I'd have to just go to sleep. As soon as your it ears and your nose and your sinuses and your air all connected mm. as well, mm. aren't they? Do you know what? I... I mean, I'm no expert, so I'm, I'm ch- good chance I might be wrong. I don't reckon it's cold related. Mm. I don't personally reckon it's related to the cold. I say I might be wrong. Mm. Certainly no expert on this subject, but I reckon it's more something to do. I don't know, something to do more like with your equilibrium somehow. I know that's like a super vague mm. statement. Vertigo. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I mean, funnily enough, um, it ties into something I was watching last night. I was watching a thing yesterday about the the um, Apollo moon landing. And it was going on about, um, you know, Buzz Aldrin and, and um, I almost said Lance Armstrong. He was like the cyclist that <laughs> yeah, like, got yeah, done yeah. for being like a massive roider. The Peds guy. Yeah, it was a to me, Mr. Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on loads of roids as well. Um, but, um, Fat roids. Yeah. <laughs> Fat roids. Roids, but they They're just make burgers. But they just make you fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, Neil Armstrong. The, not the steroid of cyclists, the, the moon landing guy. Yeah, the astronaut. But yeah, and it was going, I can't, do you know what? I've always feel like it's super disrespectful because I feel like nobody remembers the name of the other astronaut and mm. I don't either. No, I don't. I literally watched a documentary on it last night and I've already it. forgotten his name. Like, why does everybody know Buzz Aldrin and um, Neil Armstrong, sorry, and nobody know the other guy? I think it's something oh. like Michael Collins. But I, <laughs> do you know, I still don't know if that's oh, right. I would have no, did he not go on the moon? Is that like why? Or did they all have a bit I, of time on the I moon? I don't know, mate. I think you might be right. I think he might have stayed in the in the pod. Imagine Man, going all the way suck. to the moon and then just staying in the bar. But you can see why it would be <laughs> yeah. important for him to do it. I don't think yeah, it was like he got yeah, cold feet. Yeah, yeah, I think no, it was like... No, I'm not doing it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> nah, screw this. <laughs> mate, I could, like... This, yeah, you, it would be surreal, though. I was thinking... I was, I, was, uh, I was saying to Em, like, when we were watching it, you would have such a massive, like, spinning out moment. Like, imagine walking on the moon and looking up and just seeing Earth and being like... Mm. I should be on that, but I'm on this freaking weird moon mm. and it's all just grey and we're like the only people freaking here and it's like that alone is quite a sketchy mm. thought, isn't it? No, it would be I wonder 100%. if we're going to be able to experience it in our lifetime because they're already doing like things out into space or, you know, and it's a race to race to Mars as but well. But this, this, this is a race the thing. to colonise on the moon as well and stuff. This is the thing and this is what made me think of it because of what Bullwinkle was saying about his ears and stuff and, uh, and running. Mm. I think that... You, you have to be in such supreme health. Uh, the way it's currently done anyway. I mean, if you had some... They haven't sort got of, fat If you had artificial g- gravity mm. inside spaceships and that, then it would probably be a different story. But obviously we don't at the moment. So whenever an astronaut goes into space, they like float around and do mm. that. But you get what's called space sickness. And it was basically saying how like on, I think it was after day two, Buzz Aldrin got space sickness real mm. badly. Mm. And basically what it is, it's because the way your ears and everything, your equilibrium is set up, it's... It basically it, it it sends information to your to your equilibrium from like where you're stood, from how your body is like feedbacking with where you're walking and the earth and stuff like that. But obviously because there's no feedback when you're in space, you're literally like floating around and your eyes and your body it's like they fit, they suddenly almost like get out of sync and you get like dizziness. There's no horizon mm. to focus on. There's no flat. Yeah, but it's yeah. not just that, it's the fact that you're literally like floating yeah. and not still on the ground. Mm. But it's like 
you you get um like nausea you know you get nauseous di- you know dizzy you get like bad stomach like, like sick um Damn. i think i think i think even like diarrhea and things like that but it's like um yeah and he said that he was like really ill and obviously it was like, a big deal because like they it was almost like very crucial that all three of them were firing on all cylinders and he got really poorly mm-hmm. And um, it was like, you know, can he even can you even do your job when you were like suffering like from that bad of a sickness? And mm. he, he managed to fair play, like obviously a tough guy. But I think we often forget as well that it's not like a matter of like, oh, well, if you could go to space, would you? Yes. OK, well, that's cool then. Now, we probably will be absolutely messed up mm. because all of these guys, they were like mad, like like ace fighter pilots um, and stuff like that. So not only they are like top military personnel they've passed a ridiculously ridiculously hard like fitness tests mm. and you know they put you in that freaking room and these yeah, things yeah, yeah, where yeah. you look spinner up mate it looks horrible doing the g-force it mm. looks freaking horrible and like mm-hmm. most people even like a lot of advanced and other advanced military personnel they can't pass the test like they pass out mm-hmm. and they like and they just start going mental and stuff like that so it's like you have to be such like a specific type of fit mixed mm. with being like yeah all the skills of say like an advanced fighter pilot but also you have to be not just that, you have to be a very intelligent merc- uh, part of military personnel because obviously when you're in these lunar modules and stuff like that and on and, and these spaceships, you have to freaking pilot the thing. And mm. if you look inside of them, like in the documentary, it was like showing the amount of like buttons and levers and stuff. And you were like, mate, I want a freaking yeah, 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 yeah. clue like what I was doing, like, you know, like, and think any, any like minor like fault could literally be like the end of your life mm. and the end of your friend's life. Not just the failure of the mission, but what if you just start floating off into space and then no one's going to come and get you. Mm. Basically, the oxygen's going to run out. You're going to run out of fuel, and then you're either going to freeze to death, or you're going to, or you're going to suffocate really quickly. Mm. And that's like horrible, isn't it? One we- thing I love about the moon landing is, like you're saying, how serious it is and how like scary and daunting it is. But even amongst that, they brought, they found time to bring golf clubs onto <laughs> the onto the rocket ship, and they played golf on the moon. Yeah, I always thought that was like a hilarious little fact that they were like, mm. you know what, this has to be as serious as this is. The race to the moon and everything. We've got to play golf there as well. I love that little fact. Yeah, it's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah you can't cool. imagine it happening now. No. If you can imagine it being a bit more like serious and stuff, mm. but it's like they were just like messing around a bit as mm. well. That's cool. I mm. think I think it would almost be a mental thing as well. Like, mm. imagine being in space and you obviously think of every time you drink water, it would literally be in like a huge bubble. Mm. Um, I think even subconsciously, your body would start to feel like everything inside of you was yeah. a bit like that, like a bit bubbly and like yeah, floating yeah. around rather than like oh, yeah, being normal. Oh yeah, because when you usually eat food, it settles in your stomach and usually like the Gravity's gravity plays a part. Play, yeah. mm. But if it's like almost just like floating around, yeah. your stomach, that's like really unnatural and weird. Yeah, mm. man. Surely it must like affect your blood circulation as well a bit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think we take for granted how much like just like gravity and the way that we have obviously evolved on the earth very specifically. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like just things like, yeah, circulation, digestion. No wonder that you get like space sickness and stuff mm. like that. Well, think even you can like die from like going upside down for too long, can't you? Because the blood just all rushes, so it like rushes. It makes sense. Well, yeah, I mean, if you even if you just go upside down for about a minute, you'd start your face would go super red, and all the veins in your head would like pop out and stuff, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't feel very nice, does it? No. So imagine like always feeling a bit unsettled, like it's not in the right place. That'd be horrible. So for all you Wayne's World fans out there, fellow Wayne's World fans, Dell from Wayne's World Two was wrong. Dell claimed that sleeping upside down can add years to your life. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's when Garth and Wayne first meet him in England. They follow the way to England because they have a dream um, that um, Jim Morrison says they need to go and find a guy called Dell in, in England. So they fly across to England and then they walk into his flat and he's just like um, hanging upside down. 
he's just like hanging upside down and then they're like they're like oh <laughs> and he gets down and then they, so he's like sleeping like sleeping like this will add years to your life that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty funny man so that doesn't sound like that could be right yeah. I'm a, I think the reason maybe it it's a sort of thing me, like a crazy old rocker from would. the 70s would think yeah, though, isn't it? yeah 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 well I might have drank a bottle of vodka for breakfast every day and it's then copious so amounts of heroin and yeah. smoked 100 cigarettes every day for the last 40 years but I met a shaman once and he told me to sleep upside down and Ever since I've done that, I've been in peak physical health. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking though as well, like, because um, it sort of relates back to like, you know, we were talking about um, your brother Jake a minute ago, because mm. he's um, obviously had a lot of health issues, like with his hip and his Meniere's disease and things like that. And uh, and um, he just managed to run a 5k again. And I sent him a message actually, and I was like, oh, real happy for you, brother, and stuff like that. And he was like, cheers, man. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, obviously, that's a weak equilibrium based as well, isn't it? Mm. Meniere's disease—it's basically like. I was gonna say, what is that? I've not heard of that one. So is it's it ba- tinnitus. Um, I know that's. What, I think that's, that's one of the got. symptoms. Right. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it Meniere's disease he's got? I don't know. I just know he's got tinnitus because I know that's like the main bit that affects him. The it's like main the constant ringing. I, th- I think that Josh confirmed to me that he's got Meniere's disease, or I think, I think someone told me actually. No, I think it was my mum actually that said. Calm, it's not Meniere's disease, it's Meniere's disease. Oh, right, all disease. right. And the reason I thought it was called Meniere's disease is because... It's in the ear. Well, it's one of those things. No, I think... Um, in Meniere's disease. I, uh, yeah. yeah, in Meniere's disease, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, very um, onomatopoeic or something like that. But, um, yeah, I think uh, I'd heard somebody call it Meniere's disease, like right. on, like, telly or something. Um, but... What do they know? Yeah, apparently it's many years disease, and it's because it was like a it was like a French discovery, you know, a French mm. ailment. So they so obviously they just named it many years disease. So I think maybe we should do it too. But um, I'm not 100 percent on that. But I think Josh told me it was many years disease. What, but what is many years disease? So it's basically it's um it's a issue which does affect the ears, but more widely it affects the equilibrium, and it can cause massive headaches, mm. um, loss of balance, loss of equilibrium. So, like, you could be standing still and then you'd get, like, say, you'd get, like, an attack. The room would spin. Is that, like, vertigo? Is that... that sort of, yeah. yeah. So, so like, the room would spin. You'd get a massive headache. You'd get earache. Um, but it's, yeah, I think it's it's one of those things. Like, I mean, I, I could look it up for a more, uh, you know, scientific description. Because mm. um, I said I'm, I'm no expert. But um, let's have a look. Like, mini I think with my thing, I think is like all, like you said, it's like ear, nose and throat because my mm, throat's mm. like really bad all yeah. the time. Like for example, today I wake up, I'm not ill in any sense, like mm. I'm fine, but my throat's just like horrible. Mm, like yeah. it just feels you awful have every morning. You always issues with your throat, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I, and it's like, yeah, all of it, just my ears, nose and throat. I reckon it's just like messed up. Yeah, yeah it says here, Meniere's disease is an ear condition that can cause sudden attacks of vertigo. Mm. During an attack of Meniere's disease, you may feel like you, like you or everything around you is spinning, you lose your balance, and you suddenly feel sick. Treatments for Meniere's disease include medicines to stop you feeling dizzy and sick. You may also need treatment for other symptoms like tinnitus. You're more likely to get Meniere's disease if you have poor fluid drainage in your ear, bad allergies, or a problem with your immune system. Emily's grandmother has... Um, has Meniere's disease as well. Mm. She suffers from it really Sounds bad. Sounds horrible. Because you can imagine, obviously, when you're... When you're um, no disrespect, Wendy. When you're an older person, obviously you can't handle like pain and you heal worse than you do when you're younger anyway. Mm. I think she's like almost 80. Like when she has them, they're like crippling. She has like crippling attacks. Mm. Oh. I remember like, um, I can't remember if it was Jake that told me directly or if it was Josh, but I remember years ago, like talking to either one of them about it. I can't remember which one of them was saying. It was like, 
there was like a stage where like Jake like couldn't go to gigs mm. and he was literally almost just like homebound yeah, to no, an extent. I, rem- like, I remember that being like, a whole, like a whole summer. I think it was when he was, was like living like in Bristol, home. wasn't it? He was living in Bristol. Was it Bristol? Right. I, maybe he came home for the summer or something. I'm not sure. I remember him being at home for a period of time mm. and he was like, then it was like he yeah. was just pretty much homebound all the time. Yeah, yeah, I remember like hearing about that and, you know, obviously because um, like going to gigs and stuff is like such a big part of like Jake's life Well, mm. and, and obviously Josh and like mm. Steve and everyone like that. Well, and, and your mum and dad as well. But oh, um, I, feel, I feel like a big thing of gratitude for not actually like that. There's so many things that can go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just your health, you know, and like to, like being able to just not be restricted it must be horrible to be restricted to about like what you actually really want to do mm. i think for, ear for having, one, i think ear pain is one of the worst yeah. pains as well mm. and like like toothache like, like a real bad yeah. toothache or headache or earache mm. anything up, up in this area is like oh like horrible isn't it i think like you you realize as well like it's, we take it for granted but our equilibrium and the way that our ears work do you know it's not just a hearing thing it is like a balance thing and all of this different stuff mm. and there's a lot going on up there. If that gets thrown out of whack and it stops working, then yeah, you can be really, mm. can really mess you up, you mm. know. As I said, like, you know, saying here, it literally can make you feel sick, you like vertigo, you like, mm. you know, all this stuff. My, my nan gets vertigo a lot yeah. and um, and that's it. Like, yeah, like, we'll get up and then all of a sudden just be like, like just mm, look, yeah. and it sounds like really similar. I remember just kind of lose your balance. just mm. literally for about a week, I had um, bad tinnitus. It was after we came back, I think from... I think it was when came up from a holiday in Spain, I think in 2000 and... I thought you were going to say from like a festival or something. <laughs> no, a holiday in Spain. No, because I've been doing a lot of deep sea diving. Ah, right. right. Um, so the pressure. Yeah. And obviously, Whoa. like even though I love sea swimming, um, it's not something I do regularly. Mm. Um, it's something that I do. It's a novel experience for me when I, go, when I go on holiday and stuff like that. And obviously, the water needs to be quite clear for you to go under the water. And I'm like quite old school, man. I don't usually even wear like any... I don't even wear like goggles or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I just like open my eyes underwater and yeah, it stings a little bit, but you sort of get used to it. And, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, obviously everything's a bit blurry, but you can still sort of make out stuff, can't you? You mm. know, you can make out, oh, that's like a starfish on the floor or whatever, and that's a nice shell. I'll grab that and have a look, take it to the surface and have a look, see what it's like, things like that. But yeah, I did a lot of deep sea diving and I came back and I had like tinnitus for about a week. Yeah. To the point oh, I remember I was, man. I remember I was like, lying, I remember just like lying on the sofa and it was mainly my left ear and my left ear was like throbbing. And I was like, oh, I was like, do you reckon I, any water was, I was sucking like, F-U-C-K. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I remember I kept, I just kept like freaking pulling my ear and sticking my finger in my ear. And it is horrible. It. It's, and it was like, like it just wouldn't go better. Feelings. I remember like for a minute thinking like, oh, I hope this isn't like the start this of like a condition. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it was like really bad for about a week and then it, it suddenly just like gradually got better and, and, and touch wood, it hasn't really bothered me since. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, it was really horrible, man. It was really horrible. I just think that the, probably the message there was like, yeah, probably don't don't push your body so far, like mm-hmm. so so quickly. Do you know what I mean like let get let your body accumulate to things? Because they say, don't they? Like, there's like a scientific way to build up a tolerance to deep sea diving. Mm. I remember I even I think I even watched or read something about it, and it had like a diver, and it was like for a week go down this many feet, and then it was like after a week go down this many feet, and yeah, then it was like basically yeah. you can build up a tolerance to go down to something like I can't remember how many feet it was. It was quite quite a lot if you build up the tolerance right. Mm. But if you just tried to do it the first day, it was literally like you you blow your eardrums out. Yeah. You literally like, you know, not not just tinnitus, like you literally blow your eardrums out. Yeah. Like, whoa. But if you just do it very smart, whereas I think I was just, what I was doing, I was pushing my to my limit, like straight away. Yeah, and I just yeah, did yeah. every day for the whole holiday, which is quite stupid. Mm. Just sort of like 20, 30 feet, mm. probably like 25 feet. I don't know. It's hard to obviously say exactly. It seemed mm. like it was quite deep to me. Yeah. yeah. Like many, many, many quick, of my heights, it? like yeah, deep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
Well, at least sort of like three of me deep sort of mm. thing. I don't know. It's three so funny, like humans with, with stuff like that, with pain. Because I guarantee when you were going through that, like with the tinnitus, you're probably, mm. there's nothing you would have asked for on the world yeah, yeah. except from your except yeah, from that yeah. to be gone. Yeah, yeah. But the second it's All gone, it's almost like, all right, back to normal. And you just That's what I'm like with hangovers. I'm like, I'm literally never like, yeah. I, I, I hate it. I hate how it feels. I'm like, why have I done this and everything like that? But then... As soon as like I'm feeling alright again, I'm like, oh, I'll get another beer then. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hair of the dog. Yeah. I mean, mm. I think that. Yeah. I mean, I think you see really extreme examples of that, don't you? I mean, let's face it. A lot of alcoholics, or let's face it, every town in the UK will have um, like people that you'll just like go out. Say you pop out for lunch, and there'll just be people already like drunk stumbling mm. around mm. The, the street, and you think, mate, you must feel awful. Or go into going to Weatherspoons in the morning for breakfast, and you see people getting like pints for breakfast. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So those like all day drinker people, yeah. and like for some reason I don't know, they've been written off work, and it's mm. all, or for whatever reason I don't know how they they live their life like it. There's obviously some way where they can fund their lives just literally just being drink day being day drinkers all all, all day for mm. for all their lives. Talking about day drinkers, I um I watched that Leonard Skinner documentary the other day. Maybe yeah, tell me that's about. so good, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I it, love it. it, it is, I love it. It was epic, man. It's like three hours long as well, isn't it? And it was like the drummers yeah, are like, really funny, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I really liked him. But his eyes are really like, shut away the whole time. It's when he starts in. going on about the perverted sex and that. Yeah, so, he's like, oh, that, oh, that a, perverted sex. A lot of drink, <laughs> a lot of drugs, and a lot of perverted sex. I didn't re- I didn't think it was perverted at the time, but I look back and I'm like, oh, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa. Man, it was such a cool documentary. They, they didn't go into all of that stuff until a bit later, it, uh, it mm. seemed, as well, about like the, the drink and the drugs and how much of a problem it was for all of them and that like, kind yeah, of... Yeah, like, I, I think they were always like very hard drinkers and yeah, advice, to be honest but yeah. i think that they because really... they, they all lived the rock and roll lifestyle didn't they so they yeah. still like they say in the documentary didn't they they would practice every day mm. in kill house or from 10 a.m to 10 p.m yeah so that's mm. 12 days that's 12 hours a day every day for years and years just practicing Damn. writing songs mm. so but i think they were they were probably drinking and that throughout yeah, the day. Yeah, definitely Smoking, more drinking. on tour, I think, like yeah. from the sounds of it. And they were saying that they had that manager when they changed managers and he literally came off the, the plane with a, with a, with, with bag, like bag a of big coke. bag of coke. Yeah, yeah like just... Because their, their producer, their, sorry, their manager before, he was a hilarious like southern guy, guy and he's yeah. like, yep, yep. And, he, <laughs> and it's really cracked me up because he sounds exactly like, you know on South Park, there's that episode where he's like, you took them off, <laughs> they took your dad, they took my job. He sounds like that and he's like, yeah, they were scared. Now, I tell you what, I've never <laughs> done that in out. I'll tell you what, never once in a million years would I gotten off playing and give him a big bag of cocaine. No, no, sir. I'm, tr- I'm trying to keep him on straight and narrow. Yeah. I'm trying to keep him on straight and narrow. But they got this other manager because um, the lead singer, um, Ronnie Van Zant, he was a real wild man. But obviously, he loved, he loved like rock and roll and stuff. And mm. he. Inspired was, by like Free and the Rolling free, Stones. Free, Rolling Stones, um, and like uh, Allman Brothers Band. Mm. Bands like that, Credence Clearwater Revival, bands like that. And um, yeah, he was naturally a little bit in awe of um, that he, he, they went on tour and they met, they did a, they did um, some gigs or some festivals, I can't remember which, with The Who. Right. And they met they him went, and, and it was, and, and it was yeah, and it was like crazy to Ronnie because Ronnie, you know, The, the Who made it big in the 60s. Um, and, and Linda Skinner didn't make it too big until the 70s. So when Ronnie was still essentially a nobody mm. down south, down in Florida and down in Alabama <laughs> and Georgia, um, he was listening to the Who albums. Mm. And obviously he was thinking, like, my goal in life is to be like these guys. Mm. That's like all I want out of life. So obviously once they had made it and they were sort of fraternizing with them, they met the manager. 
and um yeah i think that he almost was became you know he, he was really he, he was impressed by yes him, he, he, so, he right. liked the idea of having the who's manager i guess right, it was almost right, like an right. accolade like you know if we have the who's manager it shows this is another thing that shows that we made it mm. so they got the who's manager but apparently he was just like an awful influence on them because they were they were already like freaking wreckheads yeah yeah and they were already it was already saying like literally they even though they were one of the biggest rock and roll bands in the world in the 70s they would they would have troubles to get booking into hotels every night mm. because they would mm. get into the hotels and they would just like wreck the place yeah. like, to the point where they would literally get kicked out and then one you know but they there were nights where it would be like there was no other hotels available in town and they'd be like oh damn so they just <laughs> would have nowhere to stay oh my god but you know mm. obviously they'd need someone to keep them on the straight and narrow and instead this guy as drew said would just be meeting him from the airport with like freaking yeah. massive bags of cocaine and, and they said like crazy. he didn't care that they were like struggling no. in that way no. or like it was a real detriment to him he was just like oh, i thought i loved mm. how almost mysterious and ambiguous it was when it was going on about how when their first um drummer god rest his soul um like left the band it basically all caused to a head um he was like having like massive fatigue from playing every night and to be fair i do think it's probably the most physically draining instrument to play as well the drums um and you know it's just the heavy party and the lack of sleep the drink the drugs the sex you know the perverted sex is he, he dead now um i i have to say i'm not 100 percent sure i don't mm. know um but I, when i say god rest his soul i just mean either way you know oh, like, right. like, like god bless him you know yeah like, what, what, what a legend and if he is alive then you know Fair shout to you, sir, and massive respect. And if not, then yeah, you know, um, rest in peace. But um, yeah, it's basically saying, didn't it? It came to a head, and it was actually in England. They were in England at the time, and he said, it basically says he had a full blown mental breakdown. But it was quite ambiguous. And then I can't remember. I think it was Ed King. He was like their lead guitarist, the one that came up with the Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, he was the only non-Southern person in the band as well, wasn't yes. he? He, was from, like, and he said that he always felt yeah. like a bit of an outsider yeah. for that reason. Cause and was he was a bassist a... at first, wasn't he? So he yeah. started as a bassist, but then when he started playing guitar, then he was like bringing a lot to the band when he played well, guitar. A, a lot of people, man. Obviously, I know this from like watching stuff and reading stuff other than just the documentary, but it does sort of hint this in the documentary as well. A lot of people consider him the best guitarist that Linus ever had. Like a lot of people think that his style, like they were all amazing guitarists. Gary mm. Rossington, he died recently. Gary Rossington was the guy that came out with the Freebird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bow, which oh, obviously, I didn't realize he died recently. Yeah, just like a couple of months ago, he was obviously iconic. The other guy, um, what was it? Um, uh, Collins, something Collins. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, all the guitarists. He usually the other one, Collins, something Collins. He would either play with a. Um, uh, an Explorer mm. or a Les Paul and Rossington would always play with either an SG or a Les Paul um, whereas Ed King Stratocaster with a Strat <laughs> so obviously that gave almost like a slightly different sound but it sort of complemented the band but um, yeah a lot of people still consider that he was Ed, really good yeah. and he was actually in this documentary as well like a lot yes. of the other band wasn't it it was only yeah. him and the and, and you the can drummer. tell he's, mm. he's, he's dead now unfortunately he died a couple Is years he? ago yeah so rest in peace Ed King oh, as well he looked like he was doing real I, I thought this was quite he a had full mental he, faculties didn't he yeah he was yeah. just like like really like just normal and with it you know that's one of the things I liked about both him and Artemis Pyle so to people obviously um, Artemis Pyle was the drummer that they got after the so right. the drummer oh, that, he was cool he looked the, a bit yeah. like a viking yeah <laughs> yeah and you could tell that both Artemis Pyle the drummer after the original drummer and Ed King they had their full mental faculties yeah and I almost sort of respect that oh yeah way. he was in the documentary as well like they yeah. they both um, yeah because Artemis Pyle was obviously in the plane when it crashed I loved it when and he, he was, was talking yeah. about how he was in the hospital and he was like tell me who lived and you yeah. know, tell me who died tell me. and then he was like Ronnie and he got really emotional in the documentary didn't yeah. he it was like hard talking about it yeah. obviously naturally mm. man that was like one of his best when friends they, when he was talking about first going in the band and that as well and the fact that they used to like fight a lot and it was like it was a proper like rough band. Yeah. and stuff and he was like 
I was never scared of a fight. I just fought back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought Armas Paul was yeah. such a cool guy. He said he guy. just like just 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 mucked in with him and just like kind of got yeah because like with they it. they would like finish gigs and stuff and they'd all start drinking and like so, you know if Ronnie would like thought that somebody if somebody like messed up that night if like one of the guitarists messed up or the bassist mm. the drummer or something or if he just was upset about something Ronnie would just like start fighting and like you know that. You just start like knocking people's teeth out and like hitting people over the head with lampshades. There's like mad fights and stuff like that. Um, mm. Yeah, Man, this sounds like a crazy documentary. Dude, yeah, yeah crazy. Band. I didn't this. know much about him, but like Callum was telling me <sighs> yeah. about it. And uh, Meg was in London on the weekend, so I was literally just like sat down, just watched the whole documentary. One because night it's like two hours forty five minutes. It's yeah. a well long. Yeah, 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 two hours yeah. forty five minutes. Like, it, it where is really it? Where, good, where do you it's watch on it? YouTube? Dude, it's on YouTube. Oh, nice. and, and but like yeah. in like HD and everything. Yeah, like, good oh, quality. So you can just watch it, dude. Just type in Leonard Skinner documentary. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like just hearing about the stories of these bands and stuff. And when we were talking about it before, man, we were saying like you know. Um, I think one of the things you got from it was like was um, the fact that they just live it a hundred percent. Like not all yeah. their music, they're into music, but these people that it's like no part time, no. And then this is it. There's that it's no like one foot in. It's like all your body just jumped over the line. Like living that lifestyle, and that's how they. And, and you know mm. they had they had years like nine years of not even making it, just playing like yeah. clubs. To, and to and, be and able some to pay people were rent. very critical. Yeah, it's mad to hear because also they're like literally skinned. Are like in one of my like top ten favorite bands of all time. Like I love mm. Skin. but like it was saying like early on, people were very critical yeah. of them, mm. and people, also compared them a lot to the Almond Brothers band. Yeah, as they well. did. Yeah, because they and were it, like the other big southern band yeah, that was similar style, which was like yeah. which was weird because they were like full on jam improvisational. Yeah. But yeah. It, but the, but these guys like Skinner, it was well. yeah. it was always that they they would they would play it the same every yeah because their first producer. Um, who I thought was an interesting guy as well. He oh, was like, yeah. spoke yeah. quite slowly. And then yeah. he had the gla- glasses. I can't remember his name. New Yorker guy. You could but- tell he got a bit funny. Like, you know, when the new album came out, there wasn't him. He was like, listen to the first V, then listen to that one. Yeah. <laughs> like, that one said it wasn't as good. Like, yeah. But to be fair, a lot of people don't remember. I think it's the Give Me Back um, My Bullets album that um, they got a new producer. And I think a lot of people don't think that's... A lot of people... Well, it was saying, wasn't it? A lot of people think that it's the, it was like one of the worst Linus Gunn albums. And but then some people to do it randomly quickly. love it. Yeah. Mm. They 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 had to knock these albums out every nine months. And I can't remember well, if it, I think like it was, when you think of like nowadays, it's not like that. Yeah. You know, you can. There's years between albums. Yeah. You know, I think Ed King was saying it as well. I think it was Ed King, and he was saying like it just didn't really suit them. He said, you know, in Georgia, it was like a nice little southern recording studio. We had like they had carpets and everything, and they were saying like little things like the studio in California was, it was like, like hardwood floors. Yeah, it was just like and reverberant. Said, it just, just didn't like... suit their sound. And he said, mm. and it was felt rushed. People weren't happy. Um, mm. They wanted to be back down in Georgia, um, and it's like, yeah, I think you know, it's almost like they did it because they felt like that's what a band at that stage should do. Yeah, like go to California because in those days, if you were to. like in California, you'd almost like that, you'd made it. Yeah, you know, yeah, because you know, yeah. that's where all the big bands. All this were. equipment, but it just sounded really just just sterile. They said it's like when they, they said mm. about how when they first day in the studio, and then they had their new producer, and then John Lennon just walked in and he had like a little word with the producer and walked out again. And apparently, he was like, yeah, so guys, carry on. And they were like, was that John Lennon? Yeah, and they were like. Can we take a minute? <laughs> yeah, you tell, they were just almost like, whoa. But that's, yeah. that was California back in the yeah, days. Yeah, like yeah. Anybody that was anybody would be in California. And it was that like, producer. I can't remember his name, but he'd produced a lot yeah. of like... Mad um, stuff. Yeah. I can't remember like what, but like iconic albums. Yeah. Like albums that are mm. massively famous. And then, yeah. and then the next one, when when they had that new guitarist who was the... Who the young was the, lad. Yeah. And the one uh, that was the brother of one of the backing singers. Yeah. And yeah. and like and he, he was, was like an amazing guitarist. Yeah, guitarist. yeah. Like, and yeah. They, they, they were like loving it. And like they were saying that... um when they made that the album with him, um, they they realized how um, with the recordings they they the mixer said these recordings are just not 
good, the one mm. that came out of that California mm. studio. So they just and that, yeah, it, but yeah. but it was really strange because he was like such a good like um, mm. producer and everything. But they were saying the actual quality of the tapes just were, weren't up to par. It was so they just like, redid the whole yeah, album. They, they spent like they scrapped it. seventy grand or something. They it were was saying. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like seventy. It, imagine spending, back in the day. Imagine yeah. them spending seventy grand. To, on, to record it all and then album. just thought yeah. now nah, we're just, scrapping yeah. it but then when they re-recorded it that's one of the I'm pretty like, sure they said they mm, went back down south after yeah. that and recorded it down yeah. south again didn't they yeah um, where they were like happy and everyone felt a bit more contented that's good stuff. almost like recognising that they sort of neglected where they came from a little bit yeah you can mm. tell there was an element of it and I think I, it's easy to see why but there was an element of them that we almost felt like okay like to be to take the next level up we have to say get the manager of the who mm. we need to say go to California and, and have like a a, 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 produ- Super a, a producer, producer where like John Lennon can mm. walk in where it's like nah man if you're in this little humble studio down south in Georgia and, and you're like the, by far the biggest stuff. band there mm. but your albums are freaking banging and you get on really well with the producer just stay there man mm. like you know if it ain't broke don't fix it mm. but I feel like you can see why they did what they did but I mean hindsight's always twenty twenty, isn't it but yeah, yeah. It's, it's an amazing documentary really interesting and I say, um, I, I loved those um, when they did get Artemis Pyle as well. I loved the footage of him, and he just looked like a crazy wild man. He had this mm. big beard and this big long hair, and he'd always play topless, and he looked quite like muscular, like very lean, but very muscular. He was just like, ah, he almost looked like the Cookie Monster or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it just, yeah, it looked wild, man. Like, it's cool stories as well. Like, Nebworth is like one of the most like legendary music festivals of all time, and it was in it was in Britain back in the seventies, and this was when like Rolling Stones, one of the biggest bands in the world. And apparently Linda Skinner had like played like one of the best sets of their live at Nebworth and there was like eighty thousand people there. I think it was the biggest mm. show they'd done as well. Yeah. I think it was one of the biggest time. shows ever at the time. Yeah. Might have even been the biggest show ever, I'm not hundred percent mm. sure. But I can't remember what was first, Nebworth or, or Woodstock, because they played Woodstock as well. Mm. Which is such a cool compliment. Even mm. saying that you're one of the bands that played the first of Woodstock and yeah. played Nebworth, like talk about like music royalty. What they played they were the co they were the headliners, uh, well, they were the sub headliners just below the Rolling Stones. And they basically said that Lynn Skinner played like the, one of the best sets like ever, mm. um, and they were saying it was a really good thing as well because obviously everyone was looking forward to Rolling Stones coming out. But this is when Rolling Stones were at the pinnacle of their just like drug abuse and drink abuse days, mm. and apparently even when they first came out, they're saying that all to of them be honest, were just probably Lynn, Lynn and Skinner mm. probably were as well, but they just had their shit together. To so yeah. yeah, man, they were just like these tough Southern cowboys, yeah. almost like that. But yeah, they said the Rolling Stones came out and they were literally like they could barely stand Whoa. and they played like one of the worst performances ever, and they were saying. If Lena Skinner hadn't played such an amazing like two hour slot, people would have probably rioted. Mm. But because they played like one of the best two hour slots like in history, it's like everyone already felt contented. Right, so right. So they didn't right. care so much, but it was like mm. it was a good thing too, because if not, then everyone would have there would have been yeah. like eighty thousand people. I bet riding. that I bet that made the Rolling Stones set look even worse as well. Yeah. The fact they had to follow like such a great performance. Yeah, man. Uh, what I was gonna say, do you guys know what the biggest performance ever like what the biggest crowd I think it's that one in Russia isn't it? I remember seeing yeah one in Russia and I don't know if there's been bigger ones like since and stuff but it was when um, they just come out of the USSR and everything like Russia had so it was like one of their like first massive concerts yeah and you could see the Russian crowds going absolutely insane and there was the art the army was there and stuff as well and you see the army like kind of beating like the crowd it's like mental being really like, um, so they're not as chill as they are. Yeah, in here, man. yeah, yeah. But yeah, Metallica played. Pantera they literally had. Played. I think they had like military. I think it was like military police. I don't even yeah. think it was just regular police. They had like military police, like lines of them at the front with batons, like smacking people that were like that were like moshing too hard. Yeah, Metallica, yeah. Pantera. Who else was it? It was one of the band. I think. Um. Yeah, there was a. Few, oh god, I can't remember the other one. That was more like Rocky. Yeah. I was um, about, yeah, but it was the the two the two um, ones. 
most notable ones are Pantera and Metallica, and it's rumored that it was like over a million people. I, mm. Now I'm now I'm That's thinking about it though. Crazy. Now I'm thinking about it though. I swear I read something about Rod Stewart played the biggest gig ever. Yeah. So I'm gonna right. look. I'm gonna look it up and and see. Um, I I feel like I read something like Rod Stewart played because I remember. Do you remember I did like a quick fire fact ages ago on Panora's Box, and it was something like the interesting thing of the fact was like mm, I know when yeah. Rod Stewart started gigging, he had such stage fright that apparently his first ever gig he refused. He ended up getting so scared when he was about to go on that he refused to come out and he sang. Hid he sang the performance, but he hid behind his guitarist stack. Yeah. And he and he literally and everyone was like, it must have seemed really weird because he could just like hear the vocals but couldn't see anybody singing. Imagine that. And it was basically saying like, it, I think it's supposed to be like an inspirational tale, like you know, if you persist and you have self belief, mm. like what can you do? Like how you can overcome your fears. But he went from that to playing the biggest um, performance of all time, and it's almost like a, an inspirational thing. Like you can go from literally being too scared to go out on stage to. Mm. But I, I swear I read some of that, so we, we can look it up anyway. Let's let's have a look. Like, mm. um, I'd love to see a photo of the biggest crowd ever. Mm. Yeah, but Just I, to see because a million people—that's crazy. Big ever um, in terms? Oh yeah, of attendance. What is it? Is it Rod Stewart? Four point two million attendees. <laughs> that is mad. That's outrageous. In nineteen ninety four. Yeah, in Rio, Cabana Beach, <laughs> Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, Copacabana. See if Ooh. you can get up a photo of it. Sorry, a bit, a bit slow there. Um, it's hard to say exactly which one's going to be which, because I think... Oh, look, that's that's the Metallica one. Look, you can see Kurt Kamek. Yeah, that's the one in Russia. Look, there's, there's literally people I, that's one of my favourite me- Metallica any... live shows as well. Oh, they, just, they nailed it. so good. And, and Pantera. Yeah, and Pantera did. that's crazy. Pantera and Metallica played one of the best... Both of them played one of the best gigs of their lives, mate. Oh, well, that's crazy. But it's, it's saying here... Oh, it, maybe I don't know if that's concert or something. Be, one oh, that's viewers. viewers. That's that's yeah, obviously yeah. With t- on telly as well. I don't think there's anywhere on earth that could probably fit 1.9 billion people no, in the same no, place. No. But, um, yeah, let's see. Rod Stewart. I'll put like something like Rod Stewart Big Gig or something like that. Rod Stewart Rio de Janeiro. Rod Stewart. <laughs> biggest concert ever. Biggest concert ever. Let's have a look. So that's Whoa. it. Just all lined that's up like on the, it's quite cool Whoa. that it's on the beach as well, isn't yeah, it? That's... Where's Rod? He's imagine, just like, imagine, imagine if he was just like floating on a raft mm. in yeah, the sea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> imagine if the tide came in when, we, when they were all just stood there and the beach was getting smaller. Imagine having like a floating platform for a gig. That'd be well cool. That would be cool. I like think a floating I, I, rig. Some, there is somewhere that does that. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's like, a, I think it's in Australia. Yeah. They've got mm. like a little floating performance. I think it started off as like a theatre spot. All right. So um, it was like an actual stage for theatre performances, and it like almost the stage like changed as ah. the performance went on. It looked crazy, but I'm pretty sure like that bands have used it since. That's cool, man. But yeah, fair play to Rod. Anyway, getting over a stage fright to play in fr- play in front of what was it? Two point four million people. No, was four it? point something million. Was it? Yeah. Let's have a look. At yeah, that that's point, crazy, you wouldn't even think they're like real. Do you know what I mean? Like right. looking at a crowd that big, you you would not be able to yeah, fathom 4. how 4. many people are there. Jesus mm. Christ! Yeah, that's like incomprehensible. I think like how would you get the sound at a place like that as well to carry to that many people? You'd have to have yeah, so many. Well, I guess like when you go to any of those big festivals, they have always have it? like big speakers in yeah, different places. Yeah, and have you seen but... it as well? They, they they actually stagger the time that the the music actually comes out of the speaker as well, so it doesn't come out oh, at exactly the same time as these back ones as it does at the the front ones. They they Whoa. play it like do you know what I mean? Because yeah, it, what's the it, idea behind that? Because the what? Because the light it would take the light a little while, so it'd be delayed anyway, would it? I I, I don't know. Surely that would delay it more to, to make it not sound do you know what like I mean? 
yes yeah, it's, it's weird i know that they do that though. yeah yeah and yeah it, there's it's, obviously it's, a reason yeah but, it, yeah if you're like if you're like back where yeah you know like the, mm. for, it's the way that the sound travels i think it's the time it takes for the sound from the front speakers to travel to those um the, mm. the next speakers where it's mm. going to be coming out like they, they they delay it by the time that say the first I chord was struck. What you're It'll yeah. take that amount, that yeah. amount of time, that amount of milliseconds yeah. yeah. to get yeah. there. So they don't play it from that speaker until it, it it's it's yeah, got yeah, to I'm there. Just, so basically, saying, yeah. if it's you weird. were to walk from the back to the front, it would sound like it is all at the same yes. time. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. it sounds like that how na- it would sound naturally if somebody say was stood there and had a loud enough voice that they could theoretically reach yeah. somebody. Because mm. even that what, was with the, like your guitar amp on a stage, as if you go uh, pa- past five meters away from your amp, you won't hear your guitar at mm. exactly the, the time when you hit um, hit the chord on the guitar. Mm. It takes like mm. six milliseconds or whatever for it to get to the amp to ease, and that and that just is longer as like the more yeah. distance it yeah, is, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is really weird. Sense. But like for me doing the loop stuff, I've got into it all because of the latency. Like you don't want any like latency mm. with um you know how long the sound travels to get all through the system and stuff mm. so like, i was reading someone talking about it with guitar amps and that so that's like pretty mad as well i guess if they didn't have mm. that then if if anyone was in between the the realm of two speakers where you could hear yeah. both man you'd be like so thrown off it would be like, it just like stuff. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 it would make sense it makes like sense out of phase it? Mm. <laughs> i felt really bad just sort of on the sort of note of concert speakers i felt real bad for cancer bats um at download they're like cancer bats are a band mm-hmm. um that randomly of uh, that you've met cats about, haven't you? You've played yeah. with them on in which is hilarious. Yeah, they've, they've been they've been in Domino's, pe- um, Domino's Pizza in um, in Bridgewater, and they um, yeah, I could say some funny things, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> but um, anyway, I felt bad for them because they were playing an amazing set. I was actually really enjoying watching Cats about at Download, and then they went like slightly over their like set list. You know, oh, their they time. got cut. And I felt real bad for them as well because they saved their biggest hit to the end, and they literally got like 30 seconds into it. Um, and they cut the speakers, but it just made me think of it. But you could, it took them a, it took them a while to notice because it was still coming out of their amps and stuff. Ah, um, and, and for like about backs. yeah. So to them, I, it's it's just quite funny because as soon as they cut the speakers off, you realise how important the, the big the big stadium speakers mm. are because well, as soon as they cut off, you can hear anything. Mm. No. And they were like still like like jumping and like doing this on stage and stuff. And it's so funny to them. Obviously, you think you think in your Probably head in ears on as well, so yeah, they can yeah, just yeah. Like, yeah. So they were just like hearing it like loud, and then it was almost I guess they just noticed that everyone was like. And stuff like that, and I, you just felt real bad for a man. But it mm. just goes to show, yeah. Like obviously, you're not necessarily thinking about it, obviously, because I guess it would be a bit weird unless you were like some full-on audio nerd. But like, yeah, like you just think, oh, they're playing. But like, yeah, there's all these freaking colossal, like, yeah, like, mm. like you know, stadium freaking like speakers that are just blaring it out. And obviously, if you they if the if the um the the heads of the concerts or whatever just want to like cut them off, then. Mm. The band is just like, oh. I remember yeah. it happened when I saw um, The Darkness at Godney Gathering a few years ago. I remember you told me about that. And I yeah. was like, I was like real annoyed at that as well. Because yeah. like they got, they just like cut cut them off. But I don't know why as well, because it was like a festival. Like, <coughs> mm. Well, I suppose that was like a festival as well. But like, they were like the last ones on. And yeah. it was like, it was yeah. only like 10 o'clock or the something. The fact that they were the last like... ones on makes it extra annoying, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. But I felt really bad for Cancer Bats as well, because obviously there's usually at least like a half an hour break, isn't there, in mm. between bands playing. And... You know, there was just almost that thing like, that, don't get me wrong, there might be some technical reason that I'm ignorant of, but um, you almost think like, mate, would like that three minutes really make yeah. a big difference? Mm. Especially like, when they got into their big hit as well. Yeah, because like, it's like, they, they'd obviously save that deliberately mm. as like their swan song, like their big freaking crescendo. 
And then not only did their fans not hear that, and as I said, they were knocking their freaking set out of the, out of the park as well. That that was the day that I like became like a Cancer Bats fan. Like mm. I wasn't like massively aware of the band before. I'd heard of them, but I wasn't massively aware of them. The main reason I knew about them was because I'd heard that hilarious story about Domino's Pizza with you guys and all that stuff. But I won't go into that. <laughs> yeah, but, I swear um, we actually played a gig with them. Like, yeah, Josh. Yeah, Josh yeah, said we that they were like them. really nice guys. Yeah, and stuff like I know Jake's like a huge fan of them. Yeah, mm. cool man. Yeah, I mm. like them because I'm quite into um that sort of like hardcorey style of of metal and stuff. Mm. And yeah, that's sort of like what they are. It's yeah, quite like yeah, yeah. hardcore almost like a bit punky, but metal. But really cool. They've recently done some really, they released some like really cool covers of Iron Maiden tracks, actually. Cool. And I've played quite a few on like the Dark Dale. But yeah, they're, they're a cool band, man. They seem like really nice guys and just good. Just They're just good. You know, at the end of the day, they're just a good band. <laughs> really friendly guitarist as well. He was sound. He was chatting to us. I can picture ages. him in my head. I can mm. picture watching him on stage a mm. few months ago. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, it all seemed like, it seemed like almost like a bit of a slap in the face of them and, and to the fans, you know. You could tell they weren't very happy about it. Really? Yeah. And they would obviously, because they cut the mics and everything, so they couldn't even say, like, sorry to the guys. So they were just going, like, and mm. stuff like that. And mm. just, I mean, but they were just like, sorry, guys. And everyone was like, boo. Everyone was like, booing and stuff. It was quite funny. But, um, sure. Damn. Yeah, poor, poor guys, man. When was it in the day? Like, around what time? Was about it like midday? All oh, right. I can't so remember. Weird. I think off the top well, of my head, you it would was think the first you would think those three minutes they could yeah. just make up. It, it, maybe like it's like the motorway thing that you were saying, like mm. where where someone's like, with someone going too fast, like that. That mm. it just it all of a sudden brings everything to a standstill. It's like if 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 every band did that, then all of a sudden the last band would mm. be like playing way too late or something. I, yeah, I, mm. I think off the top of my head, it was the first day, and I remember it was quite funny because I think the first thing we watched when we got to download on the very first day. Was um what are they called? There's Corey Taylor's missus is part of this oh, almost right. like gymnastic y dancey performancey group that basically do all this mental dancing and gymnastics to metal. Right. Right? <laughs> cool. And I can't remember they've they've got a name. Um Alice would know. Alice would know. But um and, and I think Josh would as well. But um anyway, we watched them, but it was really funny because um it was really funny because it was like Josh's idea to watch them, but you could just tell that Claire didn't really want to watch them because <laughs> essentially it's a bunch of very good-looking, scantily clad women like dancing around and like doing and like freaking doing all this gymnastics for a bit. Uh, and it was like <laughs> it was so funny because um, see Claire can be like quite to the point, and Claire was just like, I just think it's like almost like a backstep for um, for women really, and it's like you know it's it's just like not very empowering. It's basically just like appealing to like all like the the pervy men. But I remember it was like cracking me up because. The main person who wanted to watch it was Josh. Like I was like, obviously me and Willie were like, yeah, yeah, we're up for that. And like, yeah, but but it was like it was definitely Josh's idea. <laughs> so it was just like one of those things that was like a bit funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But can you imagine like Josh went like, yeah, I just think it, I just think it would be quite cool, you know? Yeah. I just think it'd be quite cool. I just think it'd be quite cool to watch it, you know? And Claire was just like stood there the whole time, like <laughs> almost like just look at, looking a bit serious like almost like she couldn't wait for it to end <laughs> I have to say though I was very very impressed like by the performance like um, like not necessarily by all of them because there were some of them which were just like dancing and don't get me wrong I, I appreciate that dancing is like anything in this life in, like anything in life sorry is like there's levels to dancing mm. like I don't obviously think that I could just get up and do what they do <laughs> no, imagine no. <laughs> especially in that really feminine style can you imagine how hilarious that would look um, but um at the end of the day, I do think that um, gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the but the, the things that the gymnastics. I'd say there were these two ladies that were doing this crazy gymnastics stuff, and they were like elite athletes. Mm. And obviously, I, I know enough about like training and and athletics and stuff to know like those those women were like elite athletes. Mm. And when I say elite, I mean elite. 
like their they their strength to weight their strength to body weight ratio was off the charts. They were doing some really dangerous things, right? And if you could, if you didn't, if you at any time lost the strength to hold yourself, they could have fallen on their heads and died. Like, really? Yeah, because they were like climbing without without supports. There were like all these different things that they were doing, and sometimes they were like climbing these like. Um, it's hard to describe. It wasn't even really like a rope. Ribbons. It was almost like yeah, sort of yeah, but like almost like more like like almost like this long blankety thing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, they were like climbing it literally about twenty feet mm. into the, it, high, and, and like, then they would spin. Yeah, they were like wrapping themselves around yeah, it with and then their legs, let it like... and then going like that and stuff. And it's like imagine if their legs yeah. gave way and they yeah. just went. Yeah. Yeah. Like these, like the stages yeah. are really solid. No nets. There ain't no, no nets yeah, on there. That's just like thick wood yeah. in it. Like the stage, it's no give. Um, they they were doing lots of dangerous stuff. Lots of stuff that um, it's the type of stuff. As I said, it's like gymnastics. It's like you have to be great at chin ups. You have to be great mm. at dips. Mm. It's all like body weight manipulation. But I was very impressed. Mm. I was very very impressed. I and remember... you could see like they were wearing. Sorry, man. Mm. Then one of, they they changed their 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 costumes a couple of times. But one of them was almost like a cat suit. I remember just they had this silver cat suit on. And you could see like um, their muscles like rippling underneath. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, like, in like a nice way. It's not like they were like big roider chicks, like big roider boy chicks. Like they were very feminine looking, but you could see when they were doing the things, like their muscles were like showing. Like, yeah, like you yeah, know, when yeah. you see like a big cat, like a lion or like a jaguar or something, like mm. stalking prey, and you just see all their shoulder muscles. Down. Yeah. It was yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. I was like, man, that's, a, that's, a, that's an apex member of the human species that mm-hmm. is you know like I, I, could re- I really respected it really respected it mm-hmm. I remember thinking that when I went to when I went to Ibiza we went to Pasha yeah. which is up one of the nightclubs one of the big nightclubs and in there it was like crazy like the craziest place I've been I remember going Pasha in Chicane. everyone's mm. wearing everyone's wearing all these like weird demon like demonic alien suits and stuff all the, right. the men and women like dancing you fucking and then, walked in on the Illuminati Jake. literally man and we, <laughs> when we walked in they were playing that like vi- vampire song Oh, nice. And like all the lights came down. It's really cool. But we're stood in there and it was just, I, I didn't even drink that night, but I was just stood there watching, just in awe. There was like people literally flying above on the ceiling, like you were saying, mm. just doing all this stuff. They had like massive stuff they were doing, flips off of, catching onto other mm. things, almost like circus people. Yeah, yeah. And I was just watching it thinking that's so like incredibly impressive. Like it's, it's mad, just it? mind blowing, isn't it? There's no way in any world I could ever attempt to do something like that. <laughs> I, crazy. Yeah, I, just, I, had, I had like mad respect for it. I had mad respect mm. for it. So I did a backflip into a swimming pool once. That's about as. Far that's pretty athletic. That's pretty athletic. Like... <laughs> 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 I'm just trying to find out what they're what they're called, and then I'll I'll try and literally get up a little bit of the performance at mm. download if I can. Um, I'm just trying to find what's this. It's like the video of that death loop. The woman that does that death loop on the bars. Do you know the, oh, the one yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, like, and the it band got, it thing. Got banned, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it, it oh, it's crazy. It's I love crazy. watching those old gymnastic videos. Mm. It's so cool. I always like um, quite respected. Like, um, what was it? Is it Pink? You know, for all of her because when yeah, she yeah, performs yeah. live, I'm not a massive fan of the music. I, I respect does it. She? She does like crazy gymnastics what, when Pink she performs. Does? Yeah, yeah, what? yeah, dude, it's, it's mad. It's she, mad. They like strap like her Pink. to like a bungee thing, mm. and she'll just be like flying around the whole stadium. It's crazy. I, I, I respect how much she, what she's going through to give her fans their money mm. worth. I didn't know Pink was still going as well. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. No, I really respected that because I thought, man, she she's going to a lot of effort to make sure that people are entertained. Yeah. Like, I just respected that. You know, you can't you can't not respect that. Mm. You know, when you hear like a lot of people and they're just almost like, you know, you, you hear stories about certain bands or, or artists maybe being a bit almost like um, arrogant, you know, almost like if I'm mm. having the slightest inconvenience, then I'm just going to refuse to go on. You think, oh, come on, dude, you know, um, be more like Pink. 
Mm. So yeah, man. Flying around Fly the entire around. stadium. Flying around like a, nut, <laughs> like a nut bar. Yeah. Oh, I really want to find like a video of them performing a little bit, but I don't know. Oh, there might be a little bit. It says um, Cherry Bomb Performance Recap. They're Let's called see. Cherry Bomb, are they? Yeah, that's it. They are, the group's oh. called Cherry Bomb. Is um, that my name last week? Oh, for God's sake. I don't want to be dealing with all this stuff. Oh, so that. Why is it not? Oh, little, there we go. little thing at the bottom. So, um, yeah, for anybody that's listening on the radio, if you watch us on um, Spotify or YouTube, you can see what we're playing. Oh. Yeah, so there was, lots, there was lots of scantily clad sort of flailing about, which is what I was saying, like, you know... Yeah, look at that. Yeah, some, and as I said, no supports. They weren't attached to anything. Damn. Damn. And that's how funny it would be if you just saw Josh's face looking really happy in there. <laughs> Yeah, but like, look, she's That's not attached to anything there. Yeah, the one at the top. Mental. Imagine if she just went flying off. <laughs> yeah, very, um... Yeah, that's sick. That's sick. I love watching gymnastics. Very impressive, ladies. But yeah, as I said, like, being there in person, like, watching it, like, some of the stuff they it was were doing, good. it was like, mm-hmm. it, was, it was cool, man. It was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah, dude. Super fly. Super fly. Awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I've um, got quite a lot of cool stuff to talk about today, actually, on the pod. Can I, can I say one thing first that, about the maths I was doing? We've got, you yeah, you've got 15 seconds. Right. Yeah, last week, biggest animal ever um, compared to a human. New discovery was, of whale? Yes. If you didn't so watch the new discovery of the whale. I've done the maths, ladies and gents. I've done the maths. You, what was your guess? I guess that compared to us, compared to that new species of whale that might have been the biggest creature ever, would maybe be the size difference between us and a mouse. What about you, Drew? Us and a water vole. <laughs> um, so... I'm, I'm, you'll be happy to hear this, Callum. Yeah. The average mouse weight is 20 grams or 15 grams to 30 grams, it said. Right. Uh, the average, well, the, the weight that would be the same is about 15 grams. Right. So a very small mouse, but the, the most, the best comparison I could get is a common shrew. Oh, almost a water vole. So almost very, very close. Almost a water vole. So a water vole's very, bigger very than a mouse. Uh, what, is it? Yeah. No, it's not. It's like a shrew. <laughs> well, we'll look at it in a minute. Right, guys, we're going to take a break, but we'll be back in a minute. <laughs> you will open Pandora's box many times in your life. No, we probably really shouldn't open that box. Look, I've got one rule here. here. Open your mind. Open your mind. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We've been looking into um, how big is a common water bowl. Um, and yeah, it, it's quite quite similar in size to like a rat, really. The reason I know very simply is because there are water voles in the stream at the bottom mm. of my garden. So I see them regularly. They're so quite I, rare. I know what they look the like. They're, pers- they're protected yeah. species, aren't they? Yeah, mm. a lot of people in Stagursi, where I live, are like, it's like almost like they're very happy and proud about the fact that we've got a, a water vole population in Stagursi. I've got like a, yeah, there's like a little stream that runs across the bottom of my garden and obviously mm. the garden of all the people on my street. And every now and again, you will see a water vole mm. in them. They are quite cute. Um, so uh, the reason I knew they looked quite similar to a rat was because I thought it was a rat. And then my mum was like, no, Carl, that's not a rat. That's a water vole. And I was like, oh, right. So mm. I knew that they looked a lot like a rat. <laughs> so, hence Yeah, me. they... Um they're, they're pretty interesting. I remember watching like a documentary on them as well. And they have like... They have like a, a run. Mm. So like they, ha- they have a route that they do like every day and stuff. Like, right. And like we'll stop by at these different places. But... They'll fight each other if they if they come into contact with each other right, and stuff. Right, apparently, right. or like the males doing that. 
But it, I, I thought it was like really interesting. They had like their rounds, you know. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, would stop in there for a bit, and then it'd have a little <laughs> thing, and then. But they, they always do it at different times from each other and stuff. Mm. Cool little creatures. Isn't it funny that like I was just thinking like water voles are so beloved and rats are so hated, but they literally are so similar mm. that you can't like to to like the the uh, <laughs> to somebody that was like not a wildlife expert, yeah, yeah, you yeah. almost couldn't tell the difference mm. between them. Yeah. But like one of them, it's like, oh, I hate them, kill them. And the other one's like, oh, I love them. Have you ever been around a pet rat? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I quite, I think they are cool. they're, they're they are cool. really like intelligent. Yeah, like, they are super intelligent. Super intelligent and super like friendly little creatures. I like, think that's I one know. of the reasons why a lot of people don't like the wild ones though, because obviously they could find ways to yeah. get into your house yeah. or find ways to get into your food stores. Well, it was like, you literally lived with your sister when you had a rat infestation. Yeah. It's not nice, is it? No, no, definitely. They're but, very clever but, and they're very good at finding mm. your food and being sneaky about yeah. it. Like, but when one... they're pets, they're yeah. like really, really kind of Oh like, yeah, cute oh and, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I remember nice. I had a friend in primary school called Ben Calloway and, and, and he, he had a pet rat. I think it was a white rat and um, yeah, he would go over and he'd like get it out and stuff and it was really nice like having it on you and it would crawl around you and stuff. I think, and when you do have like a pet rat, apparently they're like one of the most clean animals but I think obviously when you get wild ones, mm. depending on mm. where, especially like uh, city rats and stuff that spend a lot of time in the sewer and oh. in like garbage bins, they can become like putrid and, and, and disease ridden and and obviously, and yeah, huge. the plague. Yeah, and if they, and if obviously, if you, if they bite you, you're gonna have to go to the mm, hospital get shot, because mm. um, you might have some nasty freaking blood infection or something. So, rabies is a crazy disease, isn't it? It's yeah, like, uh, it's. I know you literally by the time you would know you have rabies, you would already be dead. There's, like, there's it's that, just the, there's no saving. You it from makes it. you rabid, doesn't it? Yeah. There's that. There's that um, Stephen King movie. Is it Cujo? Mm. Well, I say yeah, it's yeah, a movie. Yeah. Obviously, it was he wrote a book, and then a movie was made from it. But it's basically all about this lovely Saint Bernard, mm. um, and it's like the movie starts, and it's like this lovely dog. Spoiler alert! And then it gets rabies, and it becomes the ho- basically it's like a horror movie about a, Ber- a Saint Bernard that turns into like that has rabies and then mm. just kills everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, man. It's crazy. <laughs> Let me try and find a trailer for Cujo. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so if a human gets rabies would it affect their brain so yeah literally they you wouldn't know you, like there's no side effects to begin with mm. and it kind of just spreads throughout the body and then it would just all hit you at once and your like brain would just be completely affected you like wouldn't remember who you are where you are you'd still be alive and you'd still be alive at that and time and i think but yeah i don't just a bit crazy it does kill you yeah. eventually yeah, i don't does, know yeah, exactly how but i think that does. might even be what happens at the end of the movie i think that it might just they somehow wait it out and then the freaking dog dies but mm. this is we'll watch a trailer for um Cujo. Nothing that lives in the imagination is more frightening than the terror that lives in Castle Rock, Maine. Check out that 80s synth, baby. Terrifying. For people that are listening on the radio, this this probably seems mental to you, but it's a trailer to the Stephen King movie Cujo. 
think there was a Saint Bernard is like a, is like one of the biggest dog breeds in the world, though, isn't it? Like, think if it did go fully feral and just go, just literally try and kill everything in the site, that would be like a scary thing. Man, I'm scared of dogs anyway. Yeah. I've got like a, a weird fear of dogs anyway, so that'd be like my worst night. I think they've got a really good sense of smell. And literally, like one of the things that's really nice about Saint Bernard's usually is that they've got a lovely temperament. But imagine if it essentially Not just went Cujo. Yeah, imagine if it essentially Cujo. just went pure evil. Cujo is a pretty cool name. Cujo, Cujo. that is a cool name. <laughs> Say cu hey Cujo. Hey Cujo. <laughs> but yeah, um, don't get rabies, anyone. Mm, don't well, get bit by Cujo. I suppose nobody would do it deliberately. Imagine trying to get rabies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I heard a pretty cool story. Um. Oh. About a um, American policeman who would see this like tiny little, tiny little homeless man um, every single day when he was like going in and out of a cafe, and he would started like chatting to this man over time, and um, eventually like one day he like sat down with the guy, and the guy just started telling him his life story. This guy was called Richard Flaherty. He was only four four foot nine inches tall. And only weighed ninety eight pounds, which is laughably light, mm. like ridiculously light. He didn't even weigh a hundred pounds. That's yeah. He didn't even weigh half as much as me as a fully grown man. But um, yeah, this poor like homeless little homeless dwarf um, turned out that not only was he like the he he was officially the U, the smallest U.S. soldier ever in history, but not just that, but he was like a Green Beret captain. Whoa! In his lifetime, he was like a full-on um, like Green Beret captain who had like this like illustrious military career, but then had fallen on hard times and somehow became like a like a um, yeah a homeless man. I'm, I'm gonna look him up so you can uh, see a picture of him. Mm. As I said, everyone, if you're listening on the radio, we do we do um, put out Pandora's box on YouTube and Spotify as well, and then you can see everything that we're bringing up and stuff mm -hmm. as we're talking about it. Just a a little bit more immersive, a little bit more informative. Um, mm. So go and look at Pandora's Box podcast on YouTube or on Spotify. Flaherty. Let's have a, I don't know exactly how to spell this, but let's have a look. Richard J. Flaherty, the giant killer. That was his nickname. The giant mm. killer. That's cool. Actually, short, short, shortest US. Whoa. There he is. Green Beret captain. But he was like, look, smallest soldier in US history. That's cool. Only four foot nine. That's like comically small though, isn't it? Mm. You know? I'm interested though. I don't know why he ended up. Um... It seems like a, a bit of a common thing in America oh. with with um, mili the, like the people in the military, like like what, being tiny. No, no, like <laughs> after, after, like afterwards, like oh, falling on yeah. hard times yeah. or yeah. or getting like like PTSD and that and and, and oh yeah. Crazy. Well, I think I think there's like an issue in general, isn't there, that a lot of people have with um. Uh, that, that like often people that serve their country, whether it's in the UK or the US, that you know you serve your country, you sacrifice a lot. You often can massively affect your mental health through things like PTSD, as you said. And then sometimes it's almost like you leave, and it's almost like you're considered like disposable, mm. and you're almost like thrown away. And it's like mm. even if you become like a homeless person, it's almost like the state doesn't care. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things that um, Metallica wrote their song "Disposable Heroes," and that's mm. one of the things that they wrote it about. Mm. They wrote it about all that. But not just that. They also wrote about that. James Hetfield said that he was sitting down and thinking how mad it was that, like, he said he was watching sports at the time, and even he was thinking it's mad how, like, you could say be like an amazing football player. He was obviously talking about American football, and you could be like the hero of the day, like literally the greatest American football star in in the country, but um, say one bad injury, and like you're yesterday's news. Mm. You're literally like you're on no team. You can't play anymore. 
and literally like within a year it's like almost like everyone's forgot you mm. unless you unless there's like some diehard fan of yours or like you know some diehard football fan it's almost like nobody cares yeah you're just like you're basically just some crippled dude you used to be like one of the best athletes in the world now you're just some crippled dude who gave so much to his sport that he literally like broke his body mm. and now nobody cares and i mean it's like here, mad. you go from like hero to zero yeah like mad here there's like a huge issue with academies and football yeah i know like look for example one of my friends is in an academy for, yeah. for football growing up and he decided to leave in the end because it was just like way too much up work in the end it was like every you're on a meal prep from the year from the age of 10 yeah you know every single day he was going up to exeter uh learning football training football twice a day like it yeah. would be every single day it's and the all thing consuming. is it's like your life isn't yeah it? exactly life, yeah. and if you got to the point of get, you know nearly going professional and then for some reason it doesn't work out after you get cut or like mm. you say you get injured then you have no other skills at that no, point. No, you're literally you, thrown away. Yeah, you put all your eggs in one basket and then you're just left it's with like, nothing to do. See mm. you later. Gotta yeah. try and pursue something else in life now. But it's like, well, that's all I know. Mm. It's crazy. Know. Yeah. It's crazy. And and yeah, it's the exact same. I know, like you say, it's the exact same with American football in America. Although it's crazy over there that I always find this mental that their like version of university what would be our university football, mm. um, for them, American football obviously college football for them is massive huge like when i said i went to dublin it was the notre dame versus the navy and yeah. th that was a college football game yeah it took over the whole city like yeah. everywhere you went every single place is advertising it every single pub is yeah. showing it everyone's wearing i even bought a notre dame hat because mm. i was like oh this is cool this is just part of what everyone's doing over it but well, how yeah. mental is that that that's just like kids in our version of you university get a scholarship, playing sport scholarship in football yeah. or like brock lesnar he his scholarship was in wrestling. Mm. Is there that in the UK with like universities? And no, stuff? no, no, no. That's what I mean. It's just they, America. They wow. they put they put athletes on a pedestal much more than we do mm. in, in the UK. And literally, like Brock Lesnar, like he was a collegiate wrestler. So college college in America is as Boy was alluding to is is the, is the same as university in the UK. So he was a college wrestler. So he was essentially a university wrestler. That's what he did. Mm. That's what he did. So he was a collegiate wrestler. He was mm. he was in academia as a wrestler. And he was obviously for his like year group and in his division, in the heavyweight division, he was basically like the best wrestler in the country. Mm. So that's where he made a success. And then he became, he basically like won all these like, championships. Like I think it's like, you know, big 10. Is it NCAA? Yep. State championship. And then the big one is the NCAA, which mm. is the national collegiate amateur association or something. And that's when like all the best heavyweight wrestlers of every single state in America, obviously there's 50 states in the mm. U.S., so the 50... Go at it. And think, some of these states in America, some of just the states alone are bigger than the whole of England. Mm. So that's a big program. I really program. want to explore America, man. So the 50 yeah. best mm. amateur wrestlers in the country meet up in this mental tournament to see who's the best. And mm. Brock Lesnar won. And that, that NCAA mm. Division 1, which mm -hmm. means the top division because there's a couple of different divisions. There's like Division 2. Um, I don't know if there's one below Division 2, but I know there's Division 1 and Division 2. So he was like NCAA Division 1 heavyweight champion like and the then, best wrestler of his age yeah wow. and then he had and then he had like uh, an option from that obviously you go from like the best in the country he could have then became an olympian and tried to become because then obviously become the best in the world um but he went a different route he was thinking about doing that and he was also thinking about going into the ufc but at the time the ufc this was back in like 1999 and it was still like you basically couldn't make money from it right mm. you could make you could make money but it wasn't much money like you know like the, the big prize was something like 10 grand and brock lesnar's always been like a big thinker he's always mm. been like a very natural businessman um and basically the they said that the, i can't remember who but some, some the, obviously the wwe has like scouts essentially mm. they go around looking for people that they think could be like the next big thing in professional wrestling mm. which is like wrestling is a weird thing because in america professional wrestling 
is scripted. Mm-hmm. But what they call amateur wrestling is real. Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird. Like, where else would you have something where, as an amateur, you were doing something real, mm. but as a professional, you were basically doing it mm. scripted? Mm. It's quite strange, isn't it? Yeah. I don't want to say fake because it's disrespectful. They do obviously st- take mad bumps. And yeah, some, yeah, of the, yeah. some of those wrestlers talk about injuries. Mm. Some of those pro wrestlers end up literally crippled, and there's even been deaths like Owen mm. Hart and other people and broken necks, all sorts of things. Talking about broken necks. Brock Lesnar's broken his neck. Mm-hmm. Kurt Angle. And Kurt Angle, yeah. Well, he, he broke his neck as an amateur wrestler right. and then went to pro wrestling. Brock Lesnar broke his neck pro wrestling. Mm. Ironically, in a match with Kurt Angle. Mm. In a uh, shooting style press, wasn't yeah, it? A shooting style press off the top rope. It's horrible WrestleMania watch, 19. Literally, does, yeah. a 300-pound man and he landed on his head, spiked to and then all of that body weight. They literally, people said that like if it wasn't for the fact that he had such massive trap muscles, he would have probably never walked again. Mm. He'd probably broken his neck so badly he'd have been paralyzed for the rest of his life. But luckily, he had so much muscle it was like protected his it protected his neck from mm. just snapping to a million pieces. Damn, son. But yeah, so Brock Lesnar um, got scouted out by the WWE and they offered him, they he was such a behemoth and he was such a physical specimen that they offered him a million dollar contract. Imagine being, I think he that was like, crazy. I think he said he was like 19 at the time or something like that. Mm. Imagine being 19. He grew up on a dairy farm in Minnesota, sorry, South Dakota. And he basically, like, you know, it was really humble origins. You know, like they were like a dairy farmer family. He said, you know, his parents would get him up five o'clock in the morning he'd have to go milk the cows and then he'd be like carrying freaking buckets of milk back and forth then you'd be like you know you'd be wrestling the calves and stuff like that and sort of you know all this stuff like he was like 12 hours a day or mm. you know um for a little money and then all of a sudden imagine being 19 and then you got wwe to come to you and like, we're gonna get we're offering you a million dollar contract mm. to sign with the wwe and he was like okay i can go into the olympics um, which is basically not very much money. It's a lot of glory, mm. but not very much money. And you kind of, like we were saying earlier, you just get forgotten about as soon as Oh, yeah. Done. Oh, yeah. Mm. And you could go into UFC where you're winning like 10 grand if you win a tournament mm. or you can set this a million dollars and you get to basically travel the world, paid for, um, sightsee the world and you get a guaranteed million dollars. So he was like, hell you gotta yeah. You got to work on your acting a little bit, but... <laughs> yeah, well, he did. And he's actually yeah, he's good. actually very good in that regard. He's actually a very natural guy. Thing is, well, I think when you're in, as intense as somebody like Brock Lesnar, you've got like an electricity about you anyway. So he's just super intense, essentially. Mm. That is like his gimmick. He's yeah. super intense and he's a destroyer, which is not very hard for him because that's what he is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, is, he, he mauls people and he's very good at mauling people. And he, he's been, he was like you were saying about your friend, he was such a standout in wrestling. From the age of like 11, when he started like doing amateur wrestling in America, mm. that was like his life. Yeah. He was either working on his parents' farm or it was like he had literally they take athletics so seriously in America it was like there was already from the age of 11 there was like this is what you're eating every day Brock these are su- the supplements you're taking every day Brock mm. you need to come to wrestling practice every single day and that's just your life mm. and that was his life from so he was literally like in terms of his genetics and his upbringing just a mauler so that's basically what he just is on telly mm. he's just they call him I mean when he was first in WWE his, his nickname was the next big thing and then says that they call him the beast the beast incarnate the beast incarnate which is which is as i said <laughs> cool it's, that's what he is mm. he's literally like just a destroyer of a dude i think it's funny with like with the college football like for example of that aspect mm. he was almost as soon as you were thrown into the wwe i guess he had room to become mm. uh, a character and actually i would say he became more more interesting yeah. once he was in the ufc like yeah. what? A, a, yeah. What a captivating character when he was in there. But yeah. like, when it t- when it comes to American football, I always find this quite fascinating. It seems to be less of a. For example, in football, you go and you buy everyone's. You know, here you go and buy everyone's shirt. Everyone will buy their football shirts with mm-hmm. their favorite player on the back. Over there, I don't think it's 
quite the same. I mean, I could be wrong. You still have stars like Odell Beckham Jr., Tom Brady, people like that. But for a lot of the time, for example, if you were to see a American football top, mm. it would just be their number. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't yeah. be like their name on the back. Mm. Yeah. Which I always find quite mental because for us, obviously, in football, mm. there's a lot of focus on the actual person that's wearing but they, the but shirt. But they still seem to know all the names, though. That's the thing. Yeah, true. Do you know what I mean? They still do seem to know all the names. Like, the individual is still, like, massively famous. Like, mm. oh, he's a number nine for a... Uh, yeah, like, yeah, even, yeah. even as a UK guy that, like, knows nothing about American football, like... Everyone's sort of like Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't, yeah, re- yeah. I don't know what team he plays for or anything, but I've heard of Tom Brady. Like, mm. I know he's basically super famous because he, he's an American footballer. Mm. You is hear he a really good thrower. Yeah, he's a. Is it a quarterback? It's mad. He's yeah, really into right. ayahuasca as well. Is it really? Yeah, he he goes. See, like he you goes know about him. See? He goes, I, I've seen him on a, on podcasts because yeah. he's like he's really good friends with Aubrey Marcus basically. And he's been on yeah. his podcast quite a yeah. bit. And like, um, and he's talked about um, his experiences on ayahuasca mm. and and stuff, and and a few of the players on his team that they've gone over and like done ceremonies and yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I found it pretty mad. I was like, whoa! I yeah. didn't think that'd be something in like American football. And yeah. like, he's mm. like really famous in that, that era as well. So I thought that was yeah. interesting. That's cool. You hear about yeah. lots of. I mean, that a lot. Some people have managed to use their American football career as well as a way to spin off into other things as well, and mm. they like. Um, almost like the football equivalent of Brock Lesnar, like Bill Goldberg, who's another one of the most considered one of the most beastly wrestlers of all time. He was a pro NFL player. Really? Did you not know that? No. You didn't know that? I didn't. So, I didn't really know where I. I didn't even have an idea of where I thought he came from. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. Just a so, big guy who comes and spears people. So <laughs> Bill Goldberg, um, he he was a he was a really big American football player. Um, I think he played as a linebacker. Um, which is, I think, layman's terms, Americans don't kill me if I'm wrong. I think it was his job essentially to tackle people, hence why he spears so much in WWE and he did in WCW. But yeah, he played for the Atlanta Falcons and he also played for the Georgia Bulldogs. So Atlanta obviously is a city in Georgia, Mm. but then he also played for the state. So he played for the city of Atlanta Falcons, Mm. but he also played for Georgia and they're called Georgia Bulldogs. Mm. I know that. And they just people, I think I know that like Georgia fans, I think they just call them the dogs. Mm. And I know that, I know the the dogs, I know the color of the jerseys. It's like, it's like a red, it's almost like Manchester United. Right. It's like a red jersey with white numbers. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Like a picture in my head and they're, and they're like little, um, what do you call it? Like emblem is like a bulldog, Mm. Georgia Bulldogs. And then Atlanta Falcons was like black, I think with like a white was like with like a white letter in you know so yeah so that so bill goldberg did that and then um i can't remember if he got like injured or something like that and um he was let off the team and he was got like a bit depressed because yeah a bit like what we were saying he was mm. almost considered a bit of a disposable hero and then um he said that he went through a stage where he was literally just almost like sleeping on the couch and just eating like all he was eating was like bacon sandwiches so he got a little better shape in that and he started like thinking like man i need to pull myself out of this he started going to the gym all the time and the gym he was going to was where the wrestler sting Right. used to yeah, work yeah. out and I can't remember there were some other wrestlers as well as well as Sting and they were looking at Bill Goldberg across the gym and apparently he was like a very intense trainer so he'd stick his headphones and they just said they heard this guy going ah ah and they just looked <laughs> in the corner and he was like just with his stringer first just like doing lat raises and they just saw the muscles and they were like dude we should recruit him as a wrestler <laughs> and like look at him he's really like he screams wrestler he's got the intensity mm. he's got the charisma like just looking at him like he could just be this destroyer and eventually they, they talked to him about it and at first he wasn't that keen and then they basically managed to convince him and they were like, just come down, just come down to, the, I think, what was it they called it at the time? They had a name for almost like their recruitment centre. and it they, had, they used to have a sub the thing plan. called OVW. Which that, was that's, like that's in WWE. Right, right, This was right. when Sting and everyone was in WCW. Right, yeah, yeah. That's, Goldberg came in WCW. I think they called it the power plant. That's it, they called it the power, right, the power plant. plant. They convinced Goldberg to come down to the power plant 
And they basically, he because he was like an elite athlete, very much like with Brock Lesnar, he just picked up super quickly. Mm. If like a normal person just go went into the power plant or went into OVW, something like that, it would take you obviously a long time to pick up the skills. But these mm. guys were already elite athletes. They were already like super fast. That's the thing with like, say being an amateur wrestler like Brock Lesnar was or an American football player. You have to be a jack of all trades athlete. Mm. You can't just be like really strong like a powerlifter. You can't just have good endurance like a marathon runner. You can't just be super fast like a sprinter. You have to sort of have everything. Mm. Obviously not quite to the same level, but you become this mental jack of all trades athlete where you have to be super quick, mm. you have to be super strong and everything like that. And those guys, that's like brilliant for pro wrestling because mm. these guys just like run around the ring like a freaking yeah. million miles an hour, but just like, and then like picking people over their heads and slamming them. And you're just like, whoa, this is so entertaining, which mm. is basically what pro wrestling is, isn't it? Yeah. It's just entertaining you yeah, yeah, yeah. through a mixture of storylines and then just like entertaining matches. So yeah, they just picked it up super quickly and then they, they literally went and put him into this whole big run in WCW where he went on the undefeated streak and I think he got something like 131 wins without any mm. losses or something and then beat Hulk Hogan for the title in WCW. And then eventually, crazy. obviously, when WCW ended, went over to WWE. Yeah, I, I do find it like crazy how some people are just like destined to be amazing at whatever they're doing. Like for example, I was thinking of this of Jude Bellingham. He's a, he's a footballer right. who um, he used to play for Birmingham and he got a move to Borussia Dortmund, which is a uh, German club when he was 16. So he left at 16. Even though he left when he was 16, Birmingham uh, retired his number yeah. after he left because they were like, we know he's going to be like the one. And now fast forward a couple of years, he's like one of the star players. It just got signed for like over 100 mil for uh, Real Madrid. Now Mate. he's like one of England's star players, like will win so much stuff. He's like become one of the huge, huge characters of football. And he's still, he's younger, he's younger than me. That's crazy. It's mental. Mm. It's yeah, mental. He was just like dude. destined to be this elite Mate, athlete. I think the, the the money that's thrown around in football is freaking insane. Mm. Like it just boggles my mind. You hear that like hundred million. I'm like, what? And that's mm. not even like wages. That's just like the outright feel. Like the amount, Mbappe got like offered a billion for a year. By a, by a Saudi Arabian club. How crazy is that? His contract would have been for a billion. That's, do you know what I think is crazy about that? As I remember reading that, I think even the year that England won the World Cup in 2003, I think Johnny Wilkinson only earned 100 grand as a mm. rugby player. And he was the biggest rugby player in the world at the time, arguably. Mm. There were, I reckon, I, I yeah, would say definitely. you could pretty safe bet. Definitely. I don't reckon there was many rugby players in the world bigger than him at the time. No. It's a humble game. It's a humble game for tough men. <laughs> but like, I'm sure he made more than that from like sponsorships and that because I'm sure mm. like Nike and LucasAid and other people sponsored him. So I'm sure he but made... it's like base salary. Yeah, is like, yeah. but it's at, purely as a rugby player. I think mm. he won a World Cup. Mm. He won a World Cup for the for our country. Like when was the last time freaking a footballer won a World... You know, an England won the World Cup, you mm. know? Um, literally won a World... And it wasn't, wasn't just his team. It was like he was basically responsible. He did like a drop goal, didn't he, in mm. overtime? Yeah. And then it was like one of those like... Ah! moments i remember watching it with my dad and my uncle john at the time and it was like you know we were all so happy we were like running around the room and <laughs> knocking back beers together and stuff like that and it was a good day man you know it was a good day it was so cool and i remember watching it and you're like on the edge of your seat um yeah mad to think of the discrepancy because yeah. in, in the uk so you think what are the biggest sports you think like football definitely number one mm. but obviously rugby and cricket are still massive yeah they're both massive sports as well but still the difference between it's the football salaries and, day. and the rugby salaries yeah. and the cricket salaries is mad is it because of the amount of a crowd it, it attracts like it, it is it more yeah because rugby is really like it's popular. really popular still, yeah, isn't yeah, it? yeah i think rugby gets a lot of people like they still sell out their their stadiums and stuff for the games but thinking football like every single like for example me at the moment i've got back into football loads this year mm. and like me and all my friends every single weekend will just watch the football game 
Mm. Like, no matter where mm. we are, we'll go to a pub, you'll watch it at yeah, home. Yeah. There will be millions of people that mm. do it every single week. I it's think crazy. as well, like, even yeah, though even though rugby um, is a big sport all around the world, f- football's even bigger around the world. Yeah. You know, like, f- like rugby's really big in, like, France, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa. Even nowadays in, like, Fiji, Tonga, Samoa, um, the, the Yanks are getting a bit more into it. Um, you know, there's a lot... Japan are getting quite into rugby. Mm. Um, so there are, you know, Argentina, very into the rugby, obviously Scotland, Wales, Ireland, all the British nations. Um, so there are a lot of countries into it. But still, if you compare that to football, like you Portugal, could, yeah. Spain, Brazil, And the thing is, you Argentina, could be dropped like, in the middle of, like, yeah. the middle of rural Argentina. Yeah. Every single kid's there is going to have a messy top. Or... You could go to Brazil, every yeah. kid would have a name on Or they, they say, don't they, like, you can go to the most remote village in Africa and there'll be a kid with a Manchester United top yeah. on. Yeah, 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 exactly. My dad said that when he went to, um, uh, oh, what was it? Bangkok. He said he went to Bangkok and um, all the Thai people there were almost just excited about the fact that he was British. But not because he was British, but they were excited to talk to him about mm. football. Yeah. But he said that everybody there would be like, Manchester United! Yeah. Manchester yeah. United! I always feel Tottenham really, really embarrassed at, like, whenever I speak to like people in different countries. <laughs> and, I, and, and, they, right. uh, yeah, and they were always like, oh yeah, what team you support, man? What team you support? Uh, and, like, and I'm like, uh, uh, not really, any. Really <laughs> yeah, really, obviously, really. I'm the same, I'm yeah. the same. But I'm everyone like, always asks you. It's yeah. always like a topic of conversation. <laughs> and he said that every single bar you'd go in in Bangkok, there'd either be um, mainly football on, and like Divi- and like and like the British, the Premiership League. Mm. It was all British football. Mm. That's that's considered the creme de yeah. la creme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though we're like nowhere near the best country in terms of our national team. Which you know what we the are premiership. up there now. Are we pretty good? We are up there now. Oh, we're very good at the moment. Yeah, man. Well, you know a lot better than me. But he said, yeah, it would either be football or wrestling. Yeah. Which is funny because what we were just talking about, but pro wrestling, football. And he said it was like surreal. He said that he'd be in this like... I'd go to the wrestling bars. Yeah, me too. <laughs> he said he'd be like at the very top of almost like this like skyscraper in Bangkok, um, just eating a meal. And they'd just either be like pro wrestling on or just like premiership. Yeah. Or premiership football. Yeah. It's everywhere. You can't avoid it. Yeah. It's crazy. It's the most universal thing. I think it probably is up there as one of the most universal things along with music. You, you see like you, just... see, you see like pictures, don't you, in videos of like literally like kids in slums in Brazil mm. and they can't even afford a real football so they've basically just got loads of plastic bags yeah. tied a load of string around it and they're kicking that around yeah. and the, it's like all they live for there it's was this kid do. that was like famous because he, he had like a plastic bag and he just his they'd clearly found a pen in some slums yeah. in Africa I believe and uh, he'd just written Messi 10 on it. And Man. this kid got like photographed and taken to Messi. Whoa. And like met Messi Imagine. and everything, got given a kit. And Some little like African in the slum. I suppose that was like meeting God. Yeah, or like, do you know what I mean? Like the close mental. equivalent to in, it. in like Argentina, they would see him as that. Like when yeah. Argentina won the World Cup recently, it's like the scenes of that with them all filled in Buenos Aires. Yeah. Uh, it's just I've got to see that because I've not man. seen any of it. I feel yeah. so really detached from it. But it's like yeah, me too, man. To be honest, yeah. Thing. Because I say, like, I'm, just, I'm not like a massive football fan, to be honest. Like, I've never been able to get on board with it. Like, I never liked playing it in school. I used to find it frustrating playing football. I just much, I just always loved rugby and gravitated towards rugby. And it's, it's you know, it's apples and oranges, isn't it? But I do respect, obviously, how much of a worldwide phenomenon football is. Mm. You know, like, people mm. go freaking nuts for yeah. it. I'm sure there are men out there that love football more than their wives. I'm sure. Yeah, that love it more than that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I was saying this to my friends as well the other day. I think part of the beauty of football is, for example, for me, I'm not good at football. Mm. Like, I can play football to you a certain level. That surprises level. me, I'm man. not good. I thought you were, like, really? real good. I thought no, you were really no, good. no, no. I know that you um, said that you're very good at cricket. I'm all right at cricket. I can yeah. play cricket, but but football, I'm definitely, like, compared it's to my like friends. It's more like you just like it. A lot yeah, I'll play yeah. it, but I'm not, like in any in any way good really that's but, a bit like what well, i'm like with guitar in. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm all right 
Yeah, yeah. But I'm not like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I wouldn't like necessarily say I'm good at it. I'd yeah. say I'm all right at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's funny because I've spent my entire childhood, like every single day after school, it would be, oh, let's go to the field. And you bring yeah. a ball. And it, I think that is a, it's an interesting thing with the next generation of kids mm. now that there is so much technology is there still going to be that same level of like every single day without fail we would be going and kicking a ball around or we'd be going throwing a ball like and it wouldn't matter if it was raining it wouldn't matter if it was sunny but it was just being active every single day and i think that's why we were all so social together mm. but i think you'll find a lot now with kids growing up with technology they're not going to be going out and no. and kicking a ball be around every single day if it happens or yeah well, it's a bit like what we've been talking we've talked a little bit about like vr and stuff haven't we in the past like virtual reality and things mm. and about how like people could eventually just live their whole entire lives like in vr mm. but you can almost like see it's almost a bit like you could almost have a contented life and never leave your room yeah as long as you had like food in the fridge downstairs do you know what i mean don't get me wrong so you're gonna have to make sure that you already somebody goes and gets that but otherwise with the quality of video games nowadays with the quality of like movies and television programs at your disposal like just everything you could you could make a setup in your room that theoretically was so good um you could just stay in there forever mm. yeah I mean? 100% like if it's not if you know and and maybe if you never experienced the thrill and how much you know good feelings you get from say being in nature or or working out things like that so you never really knew what you were missing mm. you could literally just spend your whole entire life doing yeah. it mm. you know have Mad. you seen the new updates with the new apple event that came out no. Part of the part of the thing with the new iPhone is that with recording now, it's got like spatial awareness. Right. And the reason they're doing that is so that you can take videos or like panoramics. Mm. And then if you, once they've got these like VR Apple headsets that we've spoken about before. Yeah. Once you've got them, it will almost be like you can put it there and you could like walk around somewhere that you've been. Right. So you could like take a video of like on the beach and because your phone would have like spatial awareness with the like three different cameras, the zooms, you could like look in and sort of bounce around. It would know like what's there. It's crazy. It's almost like making a 3D world out of your own photos that you could then actually go and visit with mm. these goggles. Mm. I was watching that thinking that's just another level of crazy. Yeah, Man, for, those, crazy. for those like family memories and stuff mm. with, with the grandparents and being able to like go up next to the grandparents. Yeah. Like, look, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty weird. It's like, mental. <laughs> Dude, let alone that, I remember thinking it was mental when they freaking, they started doing it, didn't they, with Assassin's Creed Origins, which is the one set in Egypt. When they started doing that like alongside the actual game, you could just do that like almost like back in time exploration. Yeah. yeah. Because they like really cleverly mapped out the whole entire, well, the map of, mm. of Assassin's Creed Origins um, to as hysterically accurate as possible, exactly what it would have been like two thousand years with ago like proper historians and everything. Yeah, and, and they mm. proper like did like um, lidar scans actually of modern day Egypt, and then mm. put that into the computer, but then built it up to so that everything would be in the game like it would have been two thousand mm. years ago. So very very cleverly done, and then you can literally just go on this like exploration mode where you're basically just going on a tour of ancient Egypt. Like mm. even that, I thought that was mental. Yeah. That's just like and that's just like a feature on a game. Yeah, I remember mm. seeing a video of some like his- history teacher. And yeah. like, the way they were it? teaching their kids is that it? he was using it Mate, and like so showing cool. them a tour of ancient mm. Egypt. I you thought that was really cool. Touring just like the Sphinx and the Great mm. Pyramids, like back in those days when they knew it had like a gold top and obviously nothing was anywhere near as crumbled. And yeah, so cool. And they did the same with um, what was the game after the one that was set in Greece? They did the same thing with yeah, that. Yeah, Odyssey. They? Odyssey, that's it. Yeah. Super cool, though, I man. I play those games, man. They sound really cool. Yeah. They're amazing games, dude. Very good games. I'm so glad that the they new came one's out. coming out on iPhone. That was the other Is thing, it? which when That's I was mad. watching this Apple event yesterday, they said the phones are so powerful now that with the iPhone 15, they're going to release the new Assassin's Creed on iPhone. That's nuts, Whoa. dude. I That's thought that was pretty nuts. crazy. 
When's that out then? That iPhone 15? Uh, I think it's I think it's out on the 22nd. So oh, nice. eight days from now when we're recording this. But yeah, crazy stuff, man. Crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, that's fucking... That's, that's really cool. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really cool, dude. I need to get me some, some of those goggles. Mm. I know that apparently there's a really cool Lord of the Rings game coming out, which I actually saw a trailer for yesterday, which I thought was quite cool. Cool. I, I can't wait. I, I can't wait until... There's some kind of VR thing that you can do and you can have like a fake sword but that actually feels like it's hitting another thing. Yeah, yeah. You know like haptic mean? feedback. And actually have mm. some like proper like battles in games mm. like where you are, you're not just first person where you're just thinking but you're the actual warrior mm. and you can do some like stuff like that because that would be really cool to be able to like, I reckon there's a lot of like pent up like warrior in us that have lit- mm. that, that for thousands of years that in this normal society it's just not like that unless you like become like an insane martial artist that's just doing that and like fighting all the time and stuff yeah. like that but like to unless do some laughing, like things like that laughing. yeah that would be like that'd be really fun mm. like, yeah. imagine it gets to the point where you can recreate like sport and and stuff like that being a warrior mm. in these vr i think there would be so many people because obviously we we're speaking earlier about how people are just natural athletes for certain things mm. I wonder if with that technology there would be more people emerge ah, that try stuff they I'm would have never treated bef- tried before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you would have never yeah. tried it before, but like yeah. because well, it, you managed to do it in VR, you realise you're just really good at it. It reminds me, obviously, I think we said about it before, but it reminds me of the holodecks on Star Trek because I grew up in a very much like Trekky household and mm. I like Star Trek myself nowadays. So like, they have these things on the ships called holodecks, and basically it's like you can. They're either pre-sort of made simulations or you can make your own simulation, mm. and it could be anything you want, and then. But you can do this thing that's called like take. You can turn. You can have the safeties on, or you can take the safeties off. And if you take the safeties off, you can even die. Mm. So you get injured, but if you have the safeties on, you can't get injured in any way. Yeah. But there's like episodes where like they for some reason get trapped in the holodeck with the safety <laughs> off and stuff like that. I mean, and they're really good Whoa, episodes. There's a, cool. there's this like um episode. I think it's like a couple of episodes. It's like almost like a mini series within the series, in the next generation, which is the one with Captain Picard and Riker and Data and all that lot, and um. They get trapped inside a Wild West simulation with the with the safety off, and there's randomly like three episodes of the of like t- the Next Generation where it's like a Wild West, mm, and, they're, cool. and they're like trying to get out, and it's like really, but it's like it's like funny, but it's also really cool, mm. like genuinely cool. Did you ever see Westworld? No, but I remember you oh, telling me about man. it. I remember you telling me about because that was quite s- similar sort of thing. Well, yeah, yeah, like the, the, where they're all kind of like these um, like humans but they're actually robots but yeah. they don't know that they're robots mm. and stuff and their memories get wiped every time that they go through one of these simulation kind of game things yeah um because just like basically like really rich people can go in and 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 take part in the storyline of of westworld you yeah because that's like but isn't that supposed end- to be like cowboys yeah so well, they're yeah, all cowboys yeah. but they um but they they die in like horrendous ways like all the time crazy, because, isn't it? because it's basically rich people that can come in and just get their kicks out of, like killing people and stuff yeah like bad. um but they're actually like real people like re- like you know in their yeah. heads, in they, their are, heads yeah. they are there but but really they're not they're so machines, is they like, is but they're like this, are they like rioting do they not or something like that they, they end up like having glimpses of memories of like of previous, their previous life like yeah because well, obviously when uh, they get previous killed, they rendition get, like, they get like re yeah they, they, yeah, they, they go in and it, it's it's proper weird it's like so they're like, having like ptsd flashbacks yeah of like that's crazy and then they want to like realize that they want to escape there and actually be like a real person and all this that's kind of mad. Stuff. it's like a black it's, mirror episode yeah yeah it's it, it's it's really cool though i love that and i think there was going to be more westworld 
like um yeah, was it cancelled seri- was it I, I no i said know. was it i don't know i've only seen that one with the cowboys but i thought there was either going to be a second one with the cowboys or there was going to be another one in like a different theme of yeah, like rather cool. than cowboys because i swear it was like quite a big thing when it, it came out huge. about five it was years so ago cool. and then suddenly you just didn't hear anything of it anymore no. and i just never read mm. anything about it since but i, mean, I hate it one of those ones like when i got to the end of the the, se- the, the, the like the series and i was like Really wanted more. Oh, I need mm, another episode. Yeah, need another yeah episode. I hate it when that happens, dude. Mm. I hate, I hate it how much, how like common it is just to like cancel good programs. Yeah. yeah, like there's that like archive eighty one. Oh, Do you remember that? Yeah. I got you guys yeah. into yeah. invested in that. I freaking loved that. Yeah. And then it's like just a couple of months after it finished, it was like there will be no season two. I was like, oh. Oh, man. And there's this they one. just left it where like the black dude was now in like the other world, yeah. and then like, uh, oh yeah, that's right, isn't it? The black dude was in the other place, and then like the Spaniole Mexiquita. Chiquita Man, was, had, had managed to make it into like the real world, something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, some, yeah. And you're like, Matt, you can't leave like, it like that. The I'm just, but it's just left like that now forever. Mm. Yeah, it's like, oh, sound, cheers. It and is that, really annoying. Yeah, so one, one with um, the guy out of Vikings, uh, Floki from Vikings, like that oh, actor. Oh yeah, he, where um, he played Merlin. Yeah, what Merlin. was that? What was that, that called? That that one. Yeah, like, I can't remember what the series called. Not 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 in Entangled or Strange or something like. It was entanglement. This, no, 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 no. something <laughs> like it was. It was. Um, yeah, I know. It was, it was yeah, one yeah. word, wasn't it, I think? It was like, I think it was, not it supposed to be like Morgan Le Fay was in it and like the Green Knight mm. and Merlin and it was all set around Arthur. Yeah. It was all set about that and there was like this super powerful young lass who can like harness this magic and she yeah. has a mental sword, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really could, enjoyed it What the it, hell though. was that called? Yeah. But like, that just got cancelled as well. And yeah, I was that like, got cancelled. Oh. And it, because Merlin didn't have powers for the whole series. And then the last The last one is like... Yeah, that like connects to all, like, yeah, yeah, they just left it, it like that. Oh, I have to say, I don't think that show was as good as some of nah, the ones you've mentioned. Nah, it wasn't. No. But it was like it was like it was good. Yeah, but it just wasn't as good as. There should just be more like yeah, fantasy yeah. stuff out like that. Yeah. Like that, you know, it was, was it called no. Was it called Cursed? Cursed, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cursed. Yeah, that's it. Cursed. Mm. Yeah. Um, just to leave on the uh, just to leave on like a cool mental note, um, because we've only got a couple minutes remaining in today's episode. Have you guys ever heard of the Tully monster? I have not. The Tully no? Monster. The Tully Monster is considered one of, if not the strangest creature that's ever lived on planet Earth. So much that uh, paleontologists, archaeologists, biologists have been arguing about even what it is um, oh. ever since it was discovered. So most things, obviously, you know, you'll discover a new creature um, and through process of elimination, you will be able to put it into like mammalia, reptile amphibian fish sometimes it's very obvious sometimes it takes a little bit more work you know obviously there's more than that as well there's like invertebrates like bugs things like that um the tully monster nobody knows what it is it doesn't seem to fit into any classification which makes it an absolute enigma because not only does it make it an enigma and it's like well why is this thing different from everything else but it makes it impossible to know what it evolved from and possibly what it evolved into. Whoa. But um, for those of you listening on the radio, look up Tully Monster. For those of you that are on Spotify or YouTube, I will show you. It's um, cool that this is an actual thing that they found yeah. as well. It looks mental. It looks like something from like Star Wars or something. So this is, this is what it would have looked like. It had these almost like weird eyes here that came out. And then it had oh. this like strange body with then like almost like an arm that then has like a beak on the end. And this Whoa. thing is called the Tully Monster. And they reckon this is what it was, what its insides would have looked like. What, because, those are eyes? Those little like, things extending yeah. off? so they are supposed to, what people think they're eyes. It's almost like antenna with eyes on the end. <sighs> and then it's just got one weird appendage with like a beak. 
No, like flippers, like fish or anything like that. Some people argue it's a type of insect. Some people argue it's a type of fish. But there's no proof of either. As I said, they think they have these weird sacks inside their body, but there doesn't seem to be any other creature that. So they um, just looks found like the um, the remains of it then. Yeah, they think this is a. <laughs> funny little human figure not included <laughs> yeah so they found remains of them but they can't classify it as how, how big and look it says so for example i mean i just clicked on this this is from uh, an article from uh from the conservation conversation sorry the mysterious tally monster fossil just got even more mysterious so let's mm. let's have interest just click on this and see what it has to say and then we'll end the end the pod for today every now and again scientists discover fossils that are so bizarre they defy classification their body plans unlike any other living pl- animals or plants Tully Monstrum, also known as the Tully Monster, is a 300 million year old fossil Whoa. discovered in the Maison Creek fossil beds in Illinois, US. At first glance, Tully looks superficially slug-like, but where you would expect its mouth to be, the creature has a long, thin appendage, ending what looks like a pair of grasping claws. Then there are the eyes, which protrude outward from its body on stalks. Tully is so strange that scientists have even been unable to agree on whether it is a vertebrate with a backbone like mammals, birds, reptiles, and fish, or an invertebrate without a backbone like insects, crustaceans, octopuses, and all other animals. In 2016, a group of scientists claimed to have solved the mystery of Tully, providing the strongest evidence yet that it was a vertebrate. But my colleagues and I have conducted a new study that calls this conclusion into question, meaning this monster is as mysterious as ever. The Tully monster was originally discovered in the 1950s by a fossil collector named Francis Tully, Ever since its discovery, scientists have puzzled over which group of modern animals Tully belongs to. That's so cool, by the way. Being so a cool. fossil collector and having your own monster named yeah, after the you. The Tully monster. The Bullwinkle monster. Yeah. The enigma of Tully's true evolutionary relationships has added to, added to its popularity, ultimately leading it to become the state fossil of Illinois. Oh. But yeah, crazy, isn't it? That is mad. In it, really such cool. a, as I said, don't you think? Don't you think it almost looks like just something from like Star Wars? Like if they were like, oh, it would be like a random episode. Yeah, and they'd be like underwater on some planet, that and that, that would just be there. Mm. Oh, it's the eyes as well. I think yeah. it's mental. Yeah, it reminds me of um that monster in Pan's Labyrinth with like the eyes on its hands. Yeah, yeah, oh. I know what you mean. Yeah, that, that horrible thing. Yeah, but isn't that nuts? The Tully monster. So yeah, shout out Tully monster. Crazy. Does anybody know what the Tully monster is? If you know, if you think you know what it is. Let us know. Let us know, ladies and gentlemen. How big do they reckon it is, do you know? Um, I think it was like a fair size. I, off the top of my head, I want to say um, at least big, uh, as least as big as a human. Well, um, Maybe bigger. But let me let me cool. see if I can quickly, really quickly find out before we end today's episode. Um, I mean, obviously, Wikipedia isn't the most reliable source. 35 centimetres. Oh, okay, so not very big then, actually. Right. I take it back. 14 inches. So, yeah, quite small, actually. But fascinating nonetheless. Funny little cricker. Pretty Funny little critters. Yeah. Mm. Oh, actually, just on another pretty quick note before we finish. Have you been, have either of you two been watching Ahsoka? What's that? I haven't, no. What have you not? It? I what need to. It? New Star Wars show mm. out on Disney. Our new Star Wars show. Really freaking good. It made really? me think it because I said it looked like it would be something off Star Wars. Yeah. Mate, I'm loving it. Oh, I'm loving it. I haven't nice. watched that other one that's a bit more serious. Um, oh, um, what you were Andor. telling me about? Is that Andor? Andor. Yeah. Andor. 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 yeah, I want to yeah. watch that as well. Yeah. yeah, watch that. Yeah, watch Andor and um, Ahsoka. Really good shows. But anyway, we'll, we'll finish on that note. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for chilling with us today. We hope you're having a great week out there, whatever you're doing, and we shall see you next time once again on Pandora's Box. Goodbye. Goodbye. Ta da!